All right, Justin. Sing me a song. That is so far up its own ass that it's singing out its own mouth again. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and there is an answer to it. Wow. Um. There's one specific song. And to be fair, that that question is a little bit unfair to you. I get that. Because that would require you to put more effort than anybody did into this movie, other than the actors. Um, so <laughs> if you make a guess, I'll give you a point. If you get the right movie right, or the right song, I'll give you uh, 263 points. Um, what's the song about arrogance? I don't know. I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy for my hat. Too sexy, yeah. What about that? He was pretty arrogant. I mean, it's arrogant, but the song itself is not up its own ass. But like I said, you uh, sang something, so you get a point. <laughs> Yo! You get a point? Let's uh, go. Heather, you, uh, your turn. <laughs> the closest I can think of something is you're so vain. You probably think this song is about you. Uh, once again, this that song is about arrogance, but it, it, within itself, it's not up its own ass. Um, but to be fair, uh, you sing a song, so you get a point. Yay! Um, the correct answer that was worth two hundred and sixty-three points. Um, oh. was the Rage Against the Machine cover at the end of this movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. That that oh. was the correct answer. Because, yeah, that was a thing that happened. And <laughs> kind of just adds to the theme of the question on top of that. And I think that that was the complete full circle all the way up its own ass moment. It was pretty much there. It was up its own ass. But when it got to the to the end credits is when it completely started speaking out its own mouth again from inside its asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a thing. Uh, here's our theme song though. Cinema Slayers. Hey, Cinema fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And today we will be talking about the Matrix franchise a little bit and then go into a more Matrix resurrection centric section. Um, mainly, we also do want to talk about the rest of the Matrix movies, mainly because the first Matrix movie is on the essentials list for the Cinefans themselves. So we're kind of doing this a little bit like we did the Ghostbusters movie, but probably not as in depth into the beginning part of it. Um, but we will do just the, the matrix and then we will go into matrix resurrection with a, uh, 
a spoiler free section, recommendations and scores, and then into a more spoiler centric section with time codes in the description to help you jump around if you so require. And with that, if I didn't say it earlier, we will be talking about what we liked and like and everything in between with the Matrix franchise and Matrix Resurrection. So uh, starting us off, I guess. Uh, uh, Justin, what are your what are your thoughts about the, the Matrix franchise pre Matrix Resurrection? Well, um, and and the one that's fresh on my mind is the first one because I did watch it just before I checked out Resurrections. And I mean, and the series as a whole, I feel like um, definitely I'm in the bandwagon of the first one is really the best one. And I think that, I mean, it almost goes without saying that the first Matrix movie was a groundbreaking sci-fi action movie at the time. And even going back and watching it, even though, yeah, you can kind of tell that some of the computer graphics and stuff like that haven't aged as well. Yeah, you can kind of go back and, uh, I mean... And see kind of where um, maybe there were some like flaws in the special effects and stuff like that. But for the most part, even still watching it today, I really enjoyed it. And then and I couldn't help but as I was watching the first Matrix, think about all of the just the way that it influenced pop culture and how there were so many imitations of the matrix. And there were so many like little things that would come out that would reference it. Or anytime you saw some sort of skit where people were in dark leather trench coats and shades and stuff like that, and everything was going slow motion, you just couldn't help but think about the, the, the matrix, the whole bullet time concept where everything slows down and you see Neo or one of the characters making these moves and the cameras rotating and giving you all these different views of a person dodging bullets or Trinity jumping up in the air and kicking somebody or whatever the case may be. I mean, even still, some of it is so cool. And I think that what it doesn't get enough credit for is just the cinematography of it and just the stylish look that it had. And at that time, that punk, goth, dark, gritty kind of look was just so in and it and it felt fresh at the time. And, you know, that was just all the rage back then when the first Matrix first came out. And that aesthetic really just lends itself to the... I guess you could say dystopian like society that we were living in and the, and the machines and everything like that. All of that, just the look of the characters, the way that the characters acted and everything like that just really lent itself to all that. And then even when you get past all of that stuff, like the special effects, the look of it and everything, I thought even still today, it's just a very good story. And it is one of those kind of the chosen one sort of Jesus savior allegory kind of movies. It very much is that, but I really appreciated the approach that this took, you know, just this whole idea that these 
aliens are using people as batteries and the the and the matrix is basically an illusion it's a it's a computer system designed to just keep people sustained and growing and them to think mentally they're living a life while really these machines are feeding off of them like batteries it was an easy to follow concept it was very very interesting all the stuff about the red and the blue pill making choices and um kind of understanding what your fate fate versus destiny versus making a choice and how influential that stuff is and um you know, there, there, and then there was this kind of this like empowering message about like how you, even if somebody labels you as something or says this is what you're meant to do and stuff like that, even if all these expectations are put on you, until that moment happens where you decide that is what you want to do or or you make the choices necessary to do that, then um. Then, then it may not be anything at all, and I and I just think that the movie, from a story standpoint, was very, very good. It was simple. It was easy to follow. Everything like that. Um, when I think about the other movies, Reloaded, and um, the last one was Revelations. Yes, I thought it was Revolution. Reloaded. Revolution. I mean, whatever. Who cares? Yeah. It's one of those movies. <laughs> yeah, Reloaded and Revolutions. Now, Reloaded, I I was higher on than Revolutions. I was higher on Reloaded. I thought that the second one was not an improvement over the first one, but I, I thought it was pretty good. I really liked the action sequences in that. There was a chase scene that they did with vehicles and people are jumping from vehicle to vehicle and motorcycles and stuff like that that I really enjoyed. Uh, the, the architect conversation was interesting that Neo has with him at the end of that movie. You know, I was one of the people that was higher on the on reloaded than I was on revolutions. And then I felt like by that, by the time we got to the third one, in my opinion, it had sort of just ran out of steam. I, I think that this was kind of honestly, when I look back at it, it probably is one of those movies where I kind of wish it had just ended with the first one, but then we had the second one. So then we had to kind of finish the trilogy. And by that time, I thought that it just got really crazy. The, the, the fighting with agent Smith and Neo at the end of that definitely felt like something more out of anime or dragon ball Z or something like that. But I really feel that by that time, the story got so convoluted and you had all these characters and all of these different things happening that I really feel that in a way it sort of got away from a lot of those original meanings and things like that. And it just sort of, I don't know. I feel like it got messy uh, towards the end of this run. And so I'll end everything by just saying that um, it's just not to talk too long, but so going into this movie resurrections, my hope was, is that this would sort of, I guess, either redeem things or end things sort of in a better way than the last matrix ended. So I guess you could say that was my hope going into this was the hope was to see something maybe better, a little more forward thinking and, uh, 
and a little easier to follow than I think the sequels were. So that was sort of my mindset going in. But I, yeah, I really do appreciate uh, the the first two of the previous movies, especially the first one. Uh, Heather, what about you? Yeah, I also recently um, rewatched the original Matrix and. 1999 me pre Y2K me (laughs) completely understands like why this movie is so epic and iconic and all these things. And it was, and at the time it was new and it was fresh and it was like a smart movie and it was just, it was so different and it seemed so thoughtful and all these things. And I totally get the appeal of what the movie was. I liked it. It was a good movie. Um, now me (laughs) definitely realizes, of course, that, you know, a lot of it doesn't hold up. I do think the concepts of the movie in general and all of that, I enjoyed. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know. I, I do feel like it's not like it was hard to understand what the story was, but I don't know. They, they, I feel like, um, as the trilogy went on, I, I think messy is a good word for it. And I think, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like the concept was better than the execution in a lot of ways on most of the films. Matrix in general was pretty decent. Like you can't really deny the, you know, the, um, I guess, stamp that it has put on cinema. You know, one of the, you know, most well-known films out there, you know, but yeah, so I did like it. Um, I, and again, I liked the idea of it and it, it was fun. It was new. It was action. It was smart and all these things. But, um, you know, I just it was never really one of those movies that I was like, I have got to rewatch this a million times. And I know a lot of people who have and that's totally fine. But just for me personally, I'm fine seeing it the one or two times I've seen it. You know, probably at this point, it was like four or five times, but still. Um and, you know, I think it made it a, a good attempt at trying to carry on what was going on to make the other movies. The second one, again, um, from what I remember of the second one, I granted, I didn't rewatch that recently. Um, it worked better as a sequel, but the trilogy, the third movie was just not even I, I was kind of done with it. <laughs> like, I didn't really care about it or anything like that. So. Um, but yeah, I do definitely think the original matrix is one of those that even just to have the conversations that people talk about with this movie and to get the pop culture references of this movie, it's one of those that you've got to see. And most people that I know have, so it's not like you really have to make that case to most people. But that being said, um, my appreciation for Keanu Reeves has grown since that movie. I will say that. <laughs> and so going into seeing this newest movie, I was like, you know what? Keanu's great. Like, gotta love Keanu. I'll watch it. I'm fine with it. You know, whatever. So I was not, you know, unexcited to see it. I mean, I wouldn't say I was excited, but I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what they do to carry on this story. And um, I think really unfortunately the the best word that i can think of to describe the newest one is underwhelming <laughs> um it, it just was a, a lot of just nothing stands out 
it just was it was very long um all of them are long this well, is the well, longest save, one save that part because we're not on to matrix Re- resurrections yet Oh, sorry. Okay, I thought we were doing all. Okay, I thought Justin talked about. Did, the you, last did one you talk too. about resurrection? I didn't think you did. No, I I just sort of left it at what was my mindset kind of going into that movie off of these um, that I was hoping that it would kind of help to redeem that third movie that okay. I thought was lackluster. So that's sort of why I stopped that. My bad. Okay. So I'm jumping ahead. So yeah, that's, that's my take on the, you know, the first one and sort of the original trilogy is that the first one is definitely worth it. Sure. Watch the second one. Cause you want to know how it continues on the third one. Really? I did not care for. So, um, but yeah, so that being said, yeah, obviously I wanted to see what they did with this movie as well. Um, but you know, I kind of gave a little peek into how I feel about that, but we'll go into more of it later. Well, I, I do think that that's a good kind of a good thing. You went into Resurrections a little bit just because I think it kind of shows the attitude that to me, a lot of people had towards the fourth Matrix movie. I know kind of some hardcore Matrix fans were truly excited about the idea of the Matrix coming back. But I kind of feel like the in general public kind of doesn't care or know the difference. Or anything. And sort of on that too, like <laughs> all the titles confuse me. So I think when he was talking about the uh re- the revolutions revo- revolutions one, I keep confusing that with the resurrection title. So maybe that's why I thought he kind of went into the fourth one. That's fair. And <laughs> then I that. well, and that's the my thing too, is I I was like, I thought Justin just talked about the third one, but then when you said no, he talked about it too. I'm like, fuck, maybe he did. What's this what's the difference? I don't know. So like that's because I, I was like no he didn't but then I was like we did he I don't know it is kind of more of the same but that was my fault like I am so bad at like messing up the titles of these that when people were talking about revolutions I was like oh that's the newest one and I was like no no that's re- the resurrections and I just kept especially the last two I kept confusing the titles of them so my bad I you know. That's why I think I confused what Jason was saying. Well, no, and I get that, too, because Jason said revelations. And I was like, no, it's revolutions. And then right after that, I'm like, <laughs> wait, am I right? Did I just correct Jason and give him the wrong title? And then I looked it up and then I'm like, it says Matrix Revolutions. Did Jason say revolutions or did I say revolutions? Is it revelations? <laughs> did he say I, I'm just going through that in my head? Yeah. I couldn't remember. And then like, so I'm going through that. And then I, like I said, I could have sworn I never heard Justin move to the fourth one. But then, like you said, you thought he did. And I'm like, well, fuck, maybe he did because I was in my head. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, Justin. I tuned out a little bit at the end of what you were saying because I kept going back and forth in my own head of who said revelation and who said revolution. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, like, I appreciate the, you know, they're trying to be consistent with their movie titles and whatnot, but. Like even earlier when I was looking up, um, you know, just stuff about like the Rotten Tomato scores and the runtime of the movies, I was looking up Revolutions thinking it was this one. I was like, oh, my bad. That's not this one. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's fair. Like, and that's why I was like, I was, I got a little, like I said, I got confused too, because I'm like, I don't know what, what's what anymore. It's, it's at a certain point, it all runs together. Because it's re this, re that, and re this. I'm like, fuck, 
Is or do they want us to? Yeah. Do they want us to pronounce this Matrix Resurrections? I think they do. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if they do. Because it's reloaded, revolution, resurrections. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, um, why not? So, unfortunately for me, when the first Matrix came out. I was kind of the prime target audience for a movie like this because I was like a little white boy around 13 or 14. And if that doesn't scream the Matrix, I don't know what does. Uh, I, I loved everything about this. I loved the long leather coats and I loved the the Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson and, and Rage Against the Machine soundtrack. And uh, just, you know, everything about this movie just spoke to little... 13, 14 year old Sterling so much, you know, um, then fortunately I, I grew the fuck out of that. Um, I don't hold the matrix anywhere near and dear as I used to. Uh, part of it's cause I burned myself out on it. Part of it's because of how fucking dumb the whole trilogy ended up becoming. Um, Part of it's just because, you know, like Justin alluded to and everything like that, every movie after The Matrix came out had to fucking make a Matrix reference or something. There was a bullet time or a this or a that or I mean, so much so that they did it again in fucking Space Jam New Legacy, which fuck that. Just wow. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like think of the like, scary movies did that. Uh, I think even like one of the other fucking parody movies like that did that TV shows would do it. Video games started doing it, you know, other movies then did it. Like it was just, it was a constant fucking matrix and matrix esque thing for like 15 years. It feels like I, honestly, you can argue 21 years. Cause like I said, the new space jam just referenced it. I mean, it's just, what the fuck? It's just <laughs> But I mean, you have to also give it credit because this is one of the more influential movies of our lifetime with its effect on culture and just movies in general. This movie just breathed its own fucking genre afterwards of goth gun movies and shit. I mean... You you can look at the Equilibrium movies. You can look at uh, the fucking Underworld franchise. You can look at so many fucking uh, Blade 2 ripped off this movie a lot. The first Blade came out before, so you're okay. But Blade 2 kind of ripped this movie off with the the the, the Vampire Hunters Guild or whatever the fuck those people, the Wolf Pack. Um, with all their leather and shininess and bullshit. I mean, that ripped off this movie. You know? Everyone ripped off this movie after it. At least the first one. So you, you might even go. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say to that point about the clothing and stuff. You might even go as far as to say that it might have even influenced like how they designed comic book characters. Like oh, how they yes. did comic book characters yes. in movies. Yes. Like how they were like, you know, instead of doing the comic book costumes, we're going to put them, you know, the X-Men is something that really, I think, 
pops out at that. Like, okay, we're going to put them in leather and they're going to kind of have some of the colors from their comic book, but let's put them in leather. Like that was really a thing. And I think you could argue that maybe that was influenced by this too. You know, leather is cool. People love the matrix. So these comic characters need to have leather on, you know, you can even argue the first Spider-Man steals from this because while they did a more accurate costume, they very much darken those colors. And I feel darkening colors and stuff. Yes. It's to give it while they wanted it to stay Spider-Man. They wanted to make it darker. And I think that that goes back to the matrix, but no, you are absolutely right. Justin, the X-Men franchise was completely the movies were based on, on off the matrix costume wise. And you can argue the comics because the new X-Men that they based those X-Men movie costumes off of were also just black and yellow leather, which is obviously mm-hmm. ripped off the matrix. Mm-hmm. No, you were, you were 100% correct on that. Justin. Because this movie was just made leather the most popular fucking fabric for like the next 10 years. Just everything was leather. Just so much leather. Everywhere. Um, and so, I, I mean, I, you have to give it credit for that. You do. You know, some of the fight sequences, them actually, you know, sitting down and learning different fighting styles. That was something you would have never done before the matrix. And now people like people actually like, I I almost want to credit this movie for having celebrities and movie stars actually learn how to fucking fight in a movie outside of your normal action hero fight shit. Like actually having your movie stars learn fighting for a movie. I feel like this movie and it wasn't just like jump cut, jump cut, jump cut, jump cut. It was there are shots like where it's just a long shot or a tracking shot. And you see every punch and every twist and every movement and stuff like that. And it doesn't cut like there are these longer fighting sequences. So, yeah, I told you're totally right about that. Oh, that that dojo fight between Morpheus and Neo is an all time classic fight. It is. Like that, that fighting sequence. Is one of my favorite of all time in movies because they do different styles, they do longer fight tracks, all kinds of stuff. And it just that attention to detail and quality truly shows And I mean, you have to credit the Matrix for the John Wick movies because. Keanu Reeves becoming the stunt actor he is and the ability to do fight choreography the way he can, which is unheard of in Hollywood, is because of the Matrix movies. You know, like he learned that stuff on these movies, and that's what makes something like John Wick possible. Because he was just so dedicated to learning these things and being able to do, like Justin was talking about, those longer tracked fights. That it it truly helps the movie. You know, and honestly, the first Matrix, I don't feel like it 
overly relies on CGI. It has some CGI elements in it, of course, but I don't think it overly relies on them. And I I think that that translates better than maybe the second and third one do. Where you get some segments of just all CGI-ness. Just mm-hmm. all the CGI. Like that that Daredevil Electro, Electro on the playground fight that Neo and Agent Smith do in the second one. Where there's like 97 Agent Smiths. And they'll do some of those things where he like picks up an Agent Smith and spins him around and bowls into other Agent Smiths. And it's it's just all CGI and you know it the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, granted, I get that they can't actually have 97 Hugo Weavings on set, but it's just obvious. You know, it looks like it. Um, now, as far as that time period and doing some CGI stuff, I'll give it some credit. It looks better than a lot of other movies do. I think it looks better than that CGI Blade 2 fight where they're fighting in front of the lights and everybody looks like a rubber band. Yeah. But it's still, they they start kind of relying on CGI a little too much in the other two. You know? And it just becomes just a little too obvious. And then, like, you go into the other movies when you go into Reloaded and Revolutions and stuff like that. They just start making weird choices. Like, what the fuck was that orgy dance scene cave number bullshit in the second movie? I mean, what the fuck is that? It just, it to me makes no sense. And then you get, and then you watch that, that car chase at the end of that film. And it's, it's one of the most spectacular car chase scenes you will ever see in a movie. But then you also can see where they blew most of their budget for both the second and third movies in that sequence. Yeah, because it was amazing, but it, it, but yeah. it peaks. Yeah, it, <laughs> it peaked. It, it did. peaks everything. And you can tell that they went so over budget that they killed the third movie's budget because they shot them at the same time. So it was all one long shoot and they just masturbated their load of money all on that scene. And don't get me wrong, it's fantastic. But they could have probably saved like 30 million and still been fantastic. <laughs> they just kept going though. <laughs> and you get to the third movie and it just starts getting more convoluted. Like they start getting convoluted at the end of the second movie. I get what you're saying, Justin, with the whole conversation with the architect. It's not the worst thing in the Matrix trilogy. But it leads to the worst thing of the Matrix trilogy in they start the convoluted bullshit there and they don't stop it. Yeah, totally agree. Because rather than just going with that concept, because when he finds out, oh, no, yeah, you may be the one, but you are one of many ones. And it's all designed to reset the Matrix, et cetera, et cetera. And this happens ever so often. Instead of just exploring that idea more which i think if the third movie was just more about that like a what am i type of movie where he's trying to understand like 
am I a part of the machine or am I not? Or can I change that or whatever the case may be? And maybe they thought they had it. But like you said, dude, that was the beginning of really the end because there was so much convoluted stuff. And then all the character development really took a back seat to special effects. And they were a downgrade from the second, like you said, from that uh, car chase scene and some of the stuff they did in the second movie. But like that third one is really just the biggest example of just everything sort of took a back seat to let's have a million agent Smiths on screen and all that stuff. So it really yeah. did because they and I guarantee they thought they had enough of the whole Am I a part of the machine? Am I just continuing the cycle? All that shit. I guarantee they thought they had that. And they have little bits of it. But then he becomes the machine messiah also because he's the only one that could take on Smith. And then whatever fucking relationship that is where there's Smith and anti-Smith, but then, you know, or Neo's anti-Smith or he's anti-Neo, whatever the fuck you want to say with it. And then you get into the bullshit of, but Smith can exit the matrix, but then Neo can bring the matrix control out of the matrix. And they, they get way too fucking far into that shit. Yeah. It was way too much. Like yeah. the, when it starts, it starts the third one at the train station, which is a concept from the Merovinian and him owning the train master, whatever the fuck that guy was called. What the fuck was that out of nowhere? Because the first movie ends, and then all of a sudden, the third movie starts in a completely different spot. (laughs) Like, what the fuck happened? And they they try to explain it. Oh, you're in the train station, and this is in between the real world and not the real world. And I get that they were trying to kind of explain that aspect of it, I guess. But then, like, but then the train guy's like, no, I built this place. Okay. Okay. But then why do you work for the Merovinian if you can create a space and time outside of both the Matrix and the real world and you work for another program, the Merovinian, in the other one? And then what the fuck was the Merovinian also? That was some of the weirdest bullshit ever. They they felt it felt like they put the Merovinian into the second movie just so they could have the ghost twins and then explain the video game enter the Matrix because they go into the concept of werewolves and ghosts and vampires are in this world and those aren't actually a part of the Matrix. They're corrupted programs or past programs that should have been purged that stick around. And so they don't have to follow the same rules as the Matrix. And so that gets more into the video games and in more into the uh, Animatrix stuff. But it felt like they put that 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 line in there just to do that. Just to have the video game make sense instead of I don't know, just put it in the video game. Who cares? Why are you putting a throwaway line in the movie to explain the video game? And then you get into the bullshit of like those twins and shit like i'm not gonna lie if the twins can do all that shit how is neo that special neo can't fucking do that shit and i get that they're (laughs) not they're not people they're programs and shit but why can't neo do that shit too if he can break all the rules and then one of the things that drives me nuts about shit and it's movies like this have a problem where they 
they kind of have they talk about a future time and stuff like that where they don't go far enough in the future with technology though like star trek can get away saying it's from the 24th century because it's got teleporters and shit that to us is still theoretical at best but this movie is like oh it's like 200 years in the future or whatever and we've got better shit now than they do in 200 years like in video games now you can have bot programs that help you aim while playing a first person shooter to get nothing but headshots but you have the matrix who designed its own program and its agents and cops and everybody with a gun inside that misses everybody all the time why don't they ever have perfect aim they are computer simulations they should have perfect aim and they never do no one does no one in these fucking things has good aim there's just so many bullets just so many bullets that hit everything but their target in all of these movies just everything else like the hit rate in a matrix movie as far as accuracy with a gun has to be calculated at 0.0001% of all shots in these movies actually hits their target. Now, don't get me wrong. That lobby gunfight in the first movie is utterly fantastic. But everybody in that sequence, including Trinity and Neo, hit stone pillars more than they do a a person. More stone pillar damage in that than people damage. And it's weird. (laughs) They're just shooting guns. That's all they're doing. They have the accuracy of anybody that thinks they can shoot a gun and they never have. They have that accuracy of, I'm going to point this gun at the person. It's going to be a headshot. And all they do is hit pillar. (laughs) That's... That's exactly what these movies actually are. And it's kind of funny. Why don't they, why don't whenever they do the training stuff where they like inject the training into them, why is none of them a marksman class? Just some target shooting. Why don't they ever upload target shooting into somebody's head anyway? But like, that's one of the problems with some of these movies is they're so short sighted with what they think technology is that they shortchange themselves. You know, Star Trek lucked out. Because they went so far in the future and went so fanatical with their technology that it works. But movies like this, they kind of end up boxing themselves in. And I know that it's meant to be 99. Is the, the, like the Matrix is modeled after the year 1999. But like the computer itself like doesn't make good decisions. You know? They're like, oh, they, they built this to have rules. And the agents can only bend the rules and all this other stuff. But like, why? Why would it do that? If it knows that theoretically that other people can bend the rules, why wouldn't have the agents just not be bound by the rules? That's a way more effective countermeasure to infiltrators that can bend the rules than than just having them have the same shit. Like, it's just, it doesn't make much sense. And it's just solely there. To contrive a story. But in the end, I still the, the the first Matrix movie. Well, I'm not a huge fan of it anymore. 
it's still not a terrible time of viewing something. It's really not. Still one of those movies you can sit on and watch. And you don't hate yourself afterwards. Can't necessarily say the same thing for three other movies in that franchise. But you can kind of make it through the first Matrix movie. (laughs) I feel like so we were having a brief conversation before this started about like what makes Carrie Ann Moss attractive or Trinity. I feel like my thoughts on the first matrix are kind of similar to that conversation of like, you know, I don't fault anybody who's into it. I completely get why people are into it. For me, I'm either indifferent or just kind of like, it's fine, (laughs) you know? So that's kind of my thoughts on the matrix. No, that's fair. Like, especially now, if you weren't big on it, then it's hard to get big into it now. I yeah. think. So if you really missed its time, like the those like two or three years after the first Matrix came out, which was just golden age Matrix, because a lot of people don't realize the first Matrix was almost like it was a flop. No one gave a fuck about the Matrix when it first came out. It went to video and then just became a cult classic oh, really? on video. Yeah. It wasn't a huge blockbuster thing when it first came out it 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 grew into it and it did i think it, it like it released in theaters didn't do that well came out on video became one of the most rented and bought videos out there at the time then they re-released it into theaters to then capitalize on that hmm. it wasn't really a success originally So anyway, do you guys have any more thoughts about the Matrix franchise? I know we should talk like more about it because it was a fan essential, but we have to talk about this other Matrix movie. I am good. Yeah, I'm good. All righty. Let's go into the Matrix Resurrections. Like I said earlier, we will talk about we like didn't like everything in between. With this movie, we'll we, like I said, we will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores, and then into a more spoiler-centric section. And starting us off is Heather with her spoiler-free thoughts on Matrix Resurrections. And yes, Heather, that is the new one. <laughs> yeah. So, kind of as I alluded to before, um, can't say I'm a big fan of this one. Uh, I think Sterling is right about if you weren't into it from the beginning or back then when the first one came out, it's going to be hard to get really invested in it at this point. And I think that's true. Um, again, I did want to check it out. I did want to see it. You know, um, I, I was, I was curious to see how they were going to end it and bringing it back. You know, it's happened before when you bring something back many years later and it's still good or sometimes better, but that's not always the case. And this kind of proves that, (laughs) that, the hype of this coming out was more than it was worth, I suppose. Um, and again, my, my biggest thing that I can think of to describe this movie is underwhelming. It's just, it didn't present to me anything that was 
mind blowing or new or revolutionary or anything like that. It just was there. It was just kind of a movie. And again, as much as I am a fan of Keanu Reeves as a person, I think he's a gem of a person. I think he is. And he's not a bad actor. I think that there are cases like in his earlier acting when his, he was overacting with like motions and things like that physically, but his face was like underacting or underselling it. <laughs> I think he suffered from that a lot when he was um, earlier in his career. He's, um, you know, since John Wick, he's been just, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I think he's great. I think those films, you know, reinvented him and just, you made him iconic in a different way than he was before. So um, I have no issues with him. Love Keanu Reeves, but I kind of think he, in, I don't know if he's just playing to the character that he was in the originals and whatever he's, it's still kind of the same thing where he's, he's not, I feel like he's just kind of being Keanu Reeves in a movie, which is what he does a lot of times. But it's, you know, I, I just feel like he's just kind of Keanuing around. Um, I do think they did have some good actors in this. I think, um, the guy who plays, um, you know, Morpheus is good. I think that the other, there's another lead girl in it. Who's really good. Uh, just really, there are some solid people in it and Carrie Ann Moss comes back as she's in it. You know, it's, there are some solid actors in it and Keanu is, it's not like he's bad, you know, he's just kind of standard Keanu Reeves. So I just, you know, nothing about the performances were super amazing. Um, but it was fun to see certain people in certain roles. And I know we'll get into that later, but I just, there were some people that I was like, you know what? I kind of thought this, these were fun roles for them to be in. Cause I hadn't necessarily seen them in a role like that before, but they did it well. Um, and you know, there are some, you know, there's some action. It's standard. It's good. It's not bad at all. But again, as a whole, it's just kind of underwhelming and overly long. And that's the problem with it. It just kind of drags out at this point with what they're doing. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, um, it's not something that I was, you know, (laughs) enthralled with in any sort of way. Um, and to be fair, I watched this on HBO. I did not go to the theater for this one. Part of me wonders if maybe if I was, you know, in a theater, seeing it on a screen, the huge screen and like all the action, you know, being more enthralled in it, if that would change my mind about this movie. But I honestly don't think that it would have, unfortunately. So all in all, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of this one. I just think that at this point, it's very meta. It's very meta and and how they do the story and everything like that. Um, similar to what kind of Sterling alludes to at the beginning of this. And it's, um, it's trying to do too much, I think. And it gets lost in its own trying to make things relevant and make things important that don't need to be or whatever. It's, it, it kind of overdoes it, which makes it more underwhelming in a sense. So yeah, that's my thoughts. What about you, Justin? Well, um, initially going into this, I think that my attitude was optimistic. 
I mean, you know, the, I had, it had been so long since I had seen anything Matrix. Um, when I saw the preview for this, I think that this is definitely one of those movies that had a good trailer. Like the trailer, I thought, had some interesting things in it. You know, I saw that uh, Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss were back. And, you know, you see those original characters, that song, that White Rabbit song that's in a lot of stuff. It's in a lot of movies. I guess people just in Hollywood just love that song. But that one pill makes you larger and the other makes you small or whatever. Like you hear that song a lot, you know, and and that White Rabbit song in a lot of stuff. But the trailer in the trailer, though, it was it was kind of, you know, it was kind of fire, man. Like I saw, you know, the trailer was happening and then you see Neo like deflecting this missile into a helicopter f- fighter or whatever. And like you see in all this kind of cool looking stuff and you're kind of reminded of those feelings that you felt when you watched the Matrix back then when it was all the rage, you know, seeing that stuff. And I guess that's kind of what nostalgia does. Like initially it can give you feelings of what you felt when you really enjoyed that. And so in that trailer, I was sort of taken back to that, to that first matrix when I really enjoyed it and I'm seeing cool stuff and the explosions look kind of cool. And it looks like we might be kind of retelling the story in some ways. And it seemed like we were kind of getting back to bare bones and it didn't seem all crazy and out there like the third movie got and stuff like that. So after that trailer, I was kind of hopeful. I was like, okay, well, it looks like maybe we're kind of starting over or something happens and they lose their memories. They got to get it back. It, It just felt like maybe this could be better than the way that it ended. So I went in kind of optimistic. And before I saw this, Spider Man came out. And, you know, in a lot of ways, Spider Man. It does what I, I think it well, what this movie seemed like it was trying to do. Like there was a lot of fan service in Spider-Man, but they told the story. You see these returning characters and all of this stuff like that. But for me, it all worked. You know, I'm not going to talk about Spider-Man again, but for me, that worked. So I was like, OK, well, you know, Spider-Man was able, No Way Home was able to do it. They were able to bring back these old characters and tell, use similar concepts, but use them in a different way to tell a different story to advance these new characters forward and stuff like that and all of these different things. So again, going into this, I, I it, they, they caught me with my guard down. Because normally I'm more guarded than this when it comes to like a sequel, a follow up reboot thing like this. But they caught me with my guard down because Spider-Man was so good. And so I went in kind of with my guard down. And unfortunately, uh, this was no Spider-Man No Way Home. (laughs) Unfortunately, I think that 
this failed to do what that movie did. There is a lot of fan service in this movie, but it's to a fault. There is a lot of callbacks to the first movie, like so much so that it's almost blatant. And well, it is blatant and it's, and, but the I was way about to say, done, Justin, they straight up just so she, scenes from it. I mean, it's, it's not even really. Yeah, a I was trying not to show, say that. Yeah, yeah I was fair, trying I not to say that. But yeah, but but fair. It is blatant because, yeah, like you said, there are just <laughs> damn near. There are just well, not even damn near. There are just straight up <laughs> scenes from the first movie and the second movie that you were seeing constantly. So yeah, it's pretty blatant, but it's all to a detriment. It's all to a fault. It doesn't feel like it. Those scenes, none of those scenes feel effective in getting. Uh, the 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 bigger point across that this movie was trying to get there are concepts in here though that i think have the potential to be good there are some things i heard in this where i was like oh man if the movie had concentrated on that or man if it had been a movie like that it, it does kind of what the terminator uh that that terminator movie that we talked about um, dark fate Dark Fate some months back where we talked about how there are there were ideas in that movie that would have made better movies than the movie we were watching. This is guilty of that, too, you know, and I'll expound more on that in the spoiler section. I'd be interested to wonder if you guys are thinking or with me saying that, are you think would you think the same thing that I'm thinking? But I think this. There's one oh, storyline in this that I was like, oh, my God, that would have been a way better movie than what we got. OK, we I hope we're talking about the same thing, because, yes, this movie is guilty of that. It's expositing all these things. And I'm like, well, damn, I wish I could have seen that, you know, like I, I think this movie's guilty of that. And so ultimately, and then with the meta stuff, yeah, it's very meta. But unfortunately, I feel like. In being so meta and self-aware and everything like that, the very thing that it's making fun of, nostalgia, reboots, fan service, different things, sequels and, and forced sequels and different things like that. Ironically, it just becomes the very thing that it's making fun of. So I was kind of like, uh, this ain't it, man. And yeah, underwhelming. Uh, disappointing is really the words that I land on with this. This is not a terrible movie. Like it, 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 I didn't, I didn't just sit there going, Oh man, it's just poorly made. I mean, the, the, the action sequences to me don't stand out way too jump cutty. Uh, none of them are memorable, but they're not bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you, you know, a bad action scene when you see it, these are just not memorable. Maybe we've just seen everything. Maybe it's just, we we are so far in the future. And after seeing John wick and all these Marvel movies and stuff like that, maybe we are just numb to subpar fight scenes being okay. Cause I was just sitting there going, "Uh, I don't like any of this. Even the finale stuff that it does at the end, where we go straight up zombie, where we go straight up 28 days later, 
World War Z at the end of it. I, I, I was I just felt nothing, man. And this is the problem when you're trying to follow something like the first matrix that is revolutionary. It was groundbreaking. It was ambitious and it did some things that just, we haven't hadn't seen before in cinema. And if you're following something like that and you don't have anything groundbreaking, you don't have anything genre defining, you don't have any of those things, then you got to get me to care about the characters. You got to get me to care about the story at least. And I don't think that it really did that effectively either because I just felt like I had already seen this. I felt like the concepts it tried to do with the characters, I'd already seen it done in a better movie, the the, the first Matrix. Um, and it's, it's interesting because- too that you say that because like even with um, like, just the feel of this movie, the vibe of it, the, the way it's shot, everything, it still actually feels like it's from the same era (laughs) as the first movie. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a good point. It's almost like it's, it's kind of like the matrix illusion. It looks like it. It feels like it. It, It feels like it's trying to be real. It feels like it's trying to be something bigger it feels like it's trying to be better than lay down something better than what those previous movies said and it feels like it's it's trying to be this better matrix but 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 ultimately the, it it feels like you know we it's just part of the machine and ultimately you are i am sitting somewhere and you are sucking my time away just like they were <laughs> the machines were using people as batteries you're using me you're having me consume this under the guise that it was something that it was going to be something bigger and better and unfortunately it's just not so ironically in a way it is a matrix it is a machine in and of itself you know uh and the programming is reboot sequel we do these things we put this nostalgia in we we do all these callbacks and that automatically means that you are going to like this because you're a fan of this and unfortunately no that is not so This movie really is the epitome of the the theme of the question of the game from earlier. It's so far up its own ass that it it starts talking through itself. And I agree, Justin, that it was trying to play it as a joke. But then I think it's actually so poorly made. Like he said, it became the thing it was saying was a joke. It never actually absolutely elevated itself to be a satire of what it was trying to say it was a satire of because some of the things that they bring up in this movie are actually true. Um, Warner brothers went to the Wachowskis and was like, look, you guys can either make another matrix movie or we're just going to make another matrix movies with, without anybody, no Keanu, no anybody else, no, no, you guys, we're just going to go do it ourselves. And that's one of the conceits in this movie that they bring up. And you know, they comment on that. They even call Warner Brothers out very specifically with that. And that's actually a true statement. That was what was going to happen. 
The problem is, is they tried to make a jab at Warner Brothers with it, but then do exactly what they said that is the problem with nowadays. Like <laughs> it, 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 it's not smart enough to escape it, though. There are some movies that can make a satire of something whilst doing that thing and do it very well. Edgar Wright made a career of that when it came to the Cornetto trilogy with your Shaun of the Dead and your Hot Fuzz and your uh, at King's End or at World's End. Sorry. Like those movies made fun of those genres whilst also keeping true to those genres. I mean, Shaun of the Dead nonstop makes fun of zombie movies, but at the same time, a damn good zombie movie. Hot Fuzz makes fun of your buddy cop movies. Damn good buddy cop movie. You know, uh, at World's End kind of makes fun of your kind of coming uh, coming to age or, you know, reconnecting with your childhood that franchise type of stuff whilst also telling a good version of that, you know, this movie, it never does that. It it tries to be a satire of sequels and reboots and, and unoriginality and using too much special effects and all these things. Like it directly calls out all those things multiple times. And yet does all of those things constantly. It never gets out of its own way. Like every time you think it might get to the point to where it can ascend above the joke. It does something dumb and puts itself at that level again. And when it comes to the fight sequences, the problem with the fight sequences, they still feel like they're fucking from the early 2000s Matrix movies. We've moved past that. You got to move forward. And unfortunately, it makes it kind of even worse. When your main guy is part of the reason why those fight sequences aren't enough anymore. Keanu's already shown we. That's true. (laughs) How do you fuck that up? How do you get Keanu and go, you know what? You changed action with the matrix and you changed it again with the John wick movies. How about we just go back to kind of the matrix again? How do you not push it forward? How did a movie with Bob Odenkirk in his fifties have better action sequences (laughs) than a goddamn matrix movie? Man, (laughs) drop the fucking mic. (laughs) Yeah. And this might be a spoiler. I don't care. But like. What the fuck was with Neo just doing a nonstop force push? And that being his new special matrix power. Yeah. <laughs> Is he just pushes people? It pushes shit. His super push. Why? No, I'll keep he, going. Man, what's with this super push? He did a fucking or it's either that or when he would stop bullets, he wouldn't just stand there and stop bullets. Why did he do a Jessica Alba as the invisible woman to stop all bullets? <laughs> like, why did he regress like that? Like, I know there's some theories you can say about it, but it just kind of becomes dumb. Like 
it's like one of those things where like if you're playing a fighting game and you're playing the computer and say you haven't really learned the mechanics of that game, but you find one cheap ass move that works because the AI is too dumb to not let it work. And you just spam that move for the entirety of the game. That's all he does with the force push bullshit. He just spams that nonstop. And like, I get that they were trying to add vulnerability to him because having a Superman constantly fight non Superman is a boring concept. And we've already gotten three movies of that kind of. So they didn't want him to be Superman in this. I get that. But then why did they make him dumbfounded Luke Skywalker instead? Like, and I don't blame Keanu. I don't blame any actor in this movie. I think every actor in this movie did exactly what they were supposed to do. Even if I didn't necessarily like it. Like, I have no problems with with Jonathan Groff. Do I necessarily like him as the new Agent Smith? And that might be a spoiler. I don't know, but it's in IMDb, so who gives a fuck? Like, it's in IMDb, so can't spoil it that much. But, like, is that a step up from Hugo Weaving? Like, I know they couldn't get Hugo Weaving. Like, I know they couldn't. I think it was a scheduling conflict type of thing, plus COVID. And he was in Australia, couldn't necessarily get back. Whatever, cool, I get that. But, like... Did that really help this movie? Like at all? Like, did any of the new characters introduced really help this movie? Not really. And you got, what's his name? Yahya Abdul-Mateen. He's one of my favorite current actors. When you look at him in Candyman and uh, The Watchmen and even a little bit in, in, in Aquaman and stuff like that. He's just one of my favorite guys out there doing shit right now. And they kind of didn't utilize him right either. I mean, as far as any new interpretations of old characters, kind of having him be your retroactive new Morpheus isn't the worst idea. And he brought some stuff to it. I kind of liked how flamboyant the style was. I kind of liked how flamboyant he was at being Morpheus at times, but is it enough? No, it's not. It's not enough. This movie is just dull and in its own way, just the entirety of the time. So much so that it tries to end on the exact same beat as the first one did, which is like Neo flying into a Rage Against the Machine song. But just like I referenced earlier, it's a cover of a Rage Against the Machine song, which it's a very weak (laughs) cover of a Rage Against the Machine song, which is just so fitting for this movie because it's a weak cover of the first Matrix movie. Nice. That's good. Like, I might be spoiling shit, and I don't think it really matters. Because 
Now, is it is it Ghostbusters Afterlife bad at referencing the first movie? Oddly enough, yes and no. Because while Ghostbusters did it, well, Ghostbusters did it constantly, but didn't ever directly go. This is the exact thing from the first movie. Whereas this one went, yeah, this is the exact same as the first movie. And we will show you by intercutting the first movie in this scene. Yeah. But like they did it with more of a purpose than afterlife did. But not necessarily more effective. I agree. But not necessarily less effective. They just did it in a brand new, different, dumb way. Like, especially when they would cut to lower quality footage from the first movie. They didn't even upgrade the quality of the footage just (laughs) because they said it's a video game. No, motherfucker, that's a 1999 movie. That's what they they could have at least made it look like a video game footage instead. But no. Yeah. They just why didn't they do that? With that and said that's the video game footage. Well, granted, that would have been the best looking video game of all time because I don't know. It's actual film footage. But it's also 1999 film footage that hasn't been upgraded past 1080p. They didn't even use the 4K cut. And it's that uh, fuck it. I'm going to say it. There is a scene (laughs) in this movie where they go out of their way to go. We created the set from the first movie and they have that scene from the first movie on a projector in the background of it. And they call it a set. (laughs) What the fuck is this movie doing? Like it, and it, it's, it's so fucking insulting because we know the first fucking movie. We know it. <laughs> you don't have to show us that movie in your new movie. It's uh, genuinely no. upsetting. Cause it, <laughs> And that's why I know, Justin, earlier you were trying to save that for spoilers. And I said, fuck, no, we're saying it now because it's just it's it's literal scenes. <laughs> they showed that in, in the trailer at one point, what the second to last the last trailer, the last full trailer they did. They, they showed that in the trailer. And I thought that that was just something they did for the trailer. To. Kind of be like, look, we're evolving it and all this stuff, you know, doing that like hype remind type you of trailer. Yeah. yeah, they just wanted to do a hype type of trailer or something like that. I didn't know that that was actual footage from this movie. That they literally did it in the movie. A trailer of footage from another movie in the trailer. <laughs> it's just interesting. It's insulting. And at least Ghostbusters, the only time they did that is when they had her look up the the commercial on YouTube. And that's less insulting than this movie. Yeah. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's. 
I guess is it technically any worse? And I don't I don't know if I can say it is any worse, even if it is more insulting. I don't know if it's any worse. It's it 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 ultimately does the same thing. He serves the same point. In slight spoilers for Spider-Man. I know I harped on that movie because I feel like it kind of cheaply did the same thing, but I did say it did it better. But I felt like it kind of hinged on Spider-Man's of of yesteryear more a little too much than I would have liked. As somebody that doesn't necessarily enjoy Spider-Man's of yesteryear. (laughs) But you know what? Give it credit. Because like I said, it does it better than other movies have lately. It's that's even more true now. It's you know what? If if I have to take going the Spider-Man No Way Home route over the Ghostbusters Matrix Resurrections or any of these other fucking movies have been doing that bullshit lately. You know what? Fuck it. Sign me up. Let's go the Spider-Man route. Yeah, it, it feels it really kind of feels like this movie was like a bunch of fans of the matrix or Keanu Reeves or whoever was like, let's get a petition to get another movie. And that's the only reason they did it. Kind of. (laughs) I feel like, like this movie is made by fans that couldn't actually film a new movie. So they just had to take a bunch of scenes from everything else and cut together a new movie and say, (laughs) it's the new movie. You know how like fan trailers do that shit. Where they'll be like, yeah. oh, this is the new Spider-Man. And they just cut shit from other Spider-Man movies and change the color grading a little bit. And be like, oh, look, Spider-Man. Yeah. That's this movie. They just cut up scenes from Matrix movies and some non-fight sequences from John Wick when it's just Keanu Reeves walking around in a suit. And they just cut those together and said, look, a Matrix movie. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? It feels like they didn't really have their heart in it, that it was just like an obligation or something that they had to make it. <laughs> yeah. And they make the joke that, that that's what it is. But then you sold your soul and did it. Like, right. You can't make that joke and then yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they, let's fucking move on. Let's get into spoilers. Let's just, let's fuck it. Let's go. Let's recommendation the scores. Recommendations? And score. Uh, Justin, you go. Yeah, man, I think it's just middle of the road. Like, I think that the only people that will be appeased with this is diehards. I think that you would have to be just a diehard fan to really think that, like, this is a great movie. And I and, and let me say that with caution, it would almost you would have to be such a diehard that you're looking at it with blinders. Like you're just like, it's Matrix. I'm gonna like it no matter what. I'm talking about that kind of fan, that kind of fan person, because there are those people that exist. Those are the only people that I think would maybe say that something like this is great. But even online. Like just asking people what they thought of the movie. Just give me your non-spoiler impressions of the movie or whatever. Most of the people echoed a lot of the things that you've already heard here. 
They were disappointed. Uh, it, it wasn't great. It was slow plotting and boring. It was unnecessary. I heard a lot of the same things, even from the public, that I heard here. And there were a few people that liked it, but one of them even admitted, I'm biased. I love The Matrix. So I liked it. And to me, that almost said that you knew it wasn't good, <laughs> but you just can't, for the sake of your fandom, say what you really want to say about it. Like, but you knew, you knew that it was just a, a, a worse done Matrix one. You know, you know, that's what this is. And I can't in good conscience recommend uh, uh, this when I could just recommend you the first Matrix. <laughs> I just I don't know why I would uh, you why you would want to watch this over that, because it's almost practically the same thing. Hell, half the footage is in it. Half the footage of the first Matrix is in it. So, um, you know, there is that. So, yeah, I mean, and if you are going to watch it, I don't know if I can justify spending money going to the theater and watch this. I mean, you could you could save your money and just watch go watch Spider-Man again. I mean, that that's the only recommendation I could make. If you're going to go to the movie theater, go watch Spider-Man again. That would be a better serve of your time. And you can just watch this on HBO Max. I think that this is something you could definitely stream. That's what I did. Again, last thing I'll say is it's not a terrible movie. It's not like it's not a terrible movie. I'm not angry, but I'm just disappointed. And that's what this is. It's a disappointing movie. You pulled out that parent shit. Yep. I'm not and angry. I'm just yep. disappointed. I'm just Ooh, disappointed. I'm glad that, yeah, like that, that's what it is, though, right? Isn't that like the perfect summation of this? Like, it's not even so bad to where I'm like, this is just a travesty. This is a shame. Why did this even come out? Ugh, it, it, it doesn't even make me angry in that way. <laughs> I, I just walked out shaking my head and shrugging my shoulders and going, man. Well, that was disappointing. And then I walked on, you know, I mean, I went to my kitchen or something. And I think it's because it's the same reason why parents say that shit. It's because, you know, the potentials there and they just didn't even try. Like, yeah. you're like, you did it. So I can't be mad at you, but you didn't, you didn't apply yourself. Yep. You know better than this. You know better than this. <laughs> Do better. You told yeah. me. You told me in the movie that you know better than this. Right. And you still did it. <laughs> so, yeah, man. So with that being said, man, um, but I did like the actor performances. They tried. Uh I'll I'll give it, you know, it was at a 40. I'll give it 10 more points for Jessica Henwick, who plays Bugs. I liked her. She was great. I mean, I really liked her in this. You know what? I'm a fan of her. She was the only thing good in Iron Fist, the Netflix Iron Fist. Yep. She calling wig. She was the only thing good about that. And I found out recently that they wanted to cast her as one of the characters in Shang-Chi and she didn't take it 
because she was holding out that she could come back later or whatever as Colleen Wig. And you know what, Jessica? I hope that that happens for you. I hope that you <laughs> made the right choice. You would have been badass in Shang-Chi, but I get it because I do appreciate you as Colleen. I, I hope think that that happens. All right, Justin, what about you. this? Justin, what about this? So say they bring Luke Cage back. You would like that. Say they bring Jessica Jones back. That'd be great because they already brought back Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio. What if the only thing from Iron Fist they bring back is her and they just make her the new Iron Fist? That'd be Ooh, fantastic. I, I'd be down. I'd be down. You're, I, I would totally be down. You are 100% right, Justin. The only yeah. redeemable fucking thing about watching Iron Fist is her. She is the sole yeah. beam of light in that entire fucking series of just utter garbage. She is the accidental diamond ring that got tossed out in the garbage of that fucking franchise. <laughs> I didn't yeah. realize that I had seen her in like other stuff before, but I did, yeah, she's in Game of Thrones. She's in that um Love and Monsters movie. I have seen her in things and I, I didn't recognize her, but I was like, oh, she's actually really good, you know? No, she's yeah. she's fucking and fantastic. She and really is. And after in this movie, she she's good in this. Yes. But it's and just sad that the writing doesn't yeah. serve her, but she's good in this. And after hearing Probably you talk about parts. this, I kind of feel like you and me have the exact same thought now of what the movie actually should have been. So I really want to get to spoilers now. Um, Heather, what are your thoughts or what are your recommend? Oh, no, fuck. Justin didn't Yeah, You kind of gave a score. You said a number, but you didn't. Yeah, you didn't I said finish 40 it. plus 10. Yeah, but I'll just go ahead and give it uh, 50 disappointed parents out of 100. There that's, you go. That's fair. Uh, Heather, what are, <laughs> Heather, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely on on the same page as you guys. I it was not there was nothing special about it. It was it, it really wasn't worth the the trouble of the hype it got. Um, I do think that some of the people in it, such as Bugs, you know, were the better parts of it. Um, but yeah, no action sequences or specific storylines really stood out too much to me. It really is, I think, yeah, like you were saying, it really is just kind of trying to be the first one for like a new generation or something. And it just did not work the way that I think they really hoped it would, <laughs> you know. Um, so, no, I, I don't I don't recommend it. I'm actually so our good friend Ryan Crow, who's been on the show a few times, um, he had a really good hot take on this that he put on Facebook earlier. And I kind of want to read part of that as like. A summary of kind of how I feel. <laughs> he said, um, hot take, so many terrible hairstyles, confusing AF, oddly bland. And Jada Pinkett Smith performance as an old person was mumble and move around really stiff. <laughs> and I just think everything he said is pretty true. So I just wanted to kind of share that because it's kind of more eloquently put than I would have put it. So um, I agree with Ryan hundred percent on that. <laughs> um, actually I do think the blue hair was cool. I'll give the blue hair coolness, but all the others, I agree about the hairstyles, but, um, yeah, it's, it's not really worth the trouble. So I'm going to give it, um, I'll, I'll say 40, 
conversations with the analysts in slow motion out of a hundred. <laughs> so in the first matrix movie, there's a character named switch. And switch was actually going to be a very unique character, especially for 1998 of switch. And the reason why the character's name is switch is it was supposed to be female in either the real world or the matrix. And it was going to be male in the other kind of like an, an identity of being somebody being trans. And it was, their name was switch. Cause they were, they would switch between the two. Um, and then when you learn about the Wachowski siblings and stuff like that and how both of them have come out since as trans and stuff like that, it would have been very fitting if they'd actually gone through with that in the first Matrix movie. And then you get to this movie. And you're, I don't know if you're necessarily craving that specific thing, but you're craving stuff like that. You're craving this to be a return to the Matrix breaking ground. You're, retar- you're you're craving this to be the matrix that fucking changes shit again. Like, how cool would it have been if we got a good fucking matrix movie in 2021 that redefines shit again? Like, that would have been so awesome. Like, fix the mistakes of the bullshit way you ended it and just come back fucking swinging and going, you know what? We're going to bring the matrix back to what it was. And we're going to fucking blow your goddamn minds. And this movie came in and I I was kind of weird there with you, Justin, when you were talking about like you're kind of hyped for it because you're like, man, if a franchise could really fucking change the game right now, it, it could be the Matrix. It could be the Matrix. And then this movie comes out and it is the definition of just solid, complete 100% 100% unharmed, unbroken ground ever. Just <laughs> the most solid of grounds. Like there is not even a speck of dust out of place on this ground. It is so unbroken. Like there's just not even a molecule, not even a pore in the concrete that is wrong. Just the ground. And There is nothing more disappointing than something from a groundbreaking franchise being the most underwhelming fucking thing you could ever possibly watch. And introducing some of the most interesting things, but not getting out of its own way to do it. It. There are some concepts in this movie that I think would have been fucking fantastic if a movie actually went after those things. There are things in this movie that if it played its cards right, it could have been a fucking amazing action movie and one of the most beautiful pieces of fucking satire about Hollywood today that you could ever watch. Except it is the most self-actualizing movie you will ever watch. It literally tells you exactly what it's going to do like 15 minutes into the film. And it does so as a joke of making fun of itself. But it's not a funny movie. So you can't joke about the premise and then do it. 
it's just, I don't know if there's ever a movie that could be just possibly more of the same shit from a franchise that hasn't had a movie since what, 2003? How do you do more of the same shit 18 years later? (laughs) It's how do you not skip a beat and just go, this is 18 years of the same shit and just not even stumble with it. Just straight into more of the same shit. I mean, the opening scene of this movie is the opening scene of the first movie. More of the same shit. Like, Wow. That's how little this or the people behind it have evolved as storytellers or filmmakers or anything. I mean, it is just a kind of rough watch just from the fact of you're sitting here going, how the fuck are you? like 20 minutes longer than the first movie when you're just telling the fucking first movie again. How do you add 20 minutes? How do you add 20 <laughs> minutes to your runtime? It's 20 you, minutes of that old footage. And just Exactly. They tell the same story and then add 20 minutes of the first movie telling the same story. How do you do 20 extra minutes and not add a goddamn thing? Fuck. At least when Force Awakens told the same story as the first uh, 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 Star Wars movie, at least they killed Hoff on Solo when they did it. At least they did something. They killed off Han Solo while they told the same story. They at least had some balls at the end of it. I, that's what. That's why I, I'll I'll bat for Force Awakens. They had some balls when they killed off Han Solo. What balls did this movie have? None. And that sounds like a bad jab, but I, I don't mean it like that. I'm just, this movie just had no heart. It had no soul. It had every reason in the world to want to be made because they wanted to reinvigorate what they had done and, and make up for the, the goodwill they lost at the end of that trilogy. And they went, nope. We's just going to do the same shit. We're not even <laughs> going to try to get redemption. It's, I mean, disappointing is, I mean, that's that's where it's at, Jason. Disappointing as fuck. And I'm just so disappointed with it that I think that my score, if I had 10% for acting, just started lower than yours. Because I'll give it a 40 after adding 10%. This is 40. <laughs> the only scene that I enjoyed in this movie is literally the last scene of the movie out of 100. Spoilers? Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Spoilers. All right, Justin, you want a movie about bugs, like essentially escaping the Matrix and her journey afterwards, don't you? Huh. You know what? That was not what I was thinking about. Oh, that's all I wanted. But now that you say that, that is tight. That would yeah, be cool. That, that, that was another one. That is that's another what I one. I thought you were going to say her yeah. to be the one. Oh, um, hey, I'm down for that, too. I'm down for her being the one. 
Yeah. That would have been fucking fantastic yeah, if not? at the end of the movie, it turns out that Neo and Trinity aren't really the one anymore, that it was her. Man, I would have yeah. been on board with that. But anything dude, with bugs, let's just make it happen. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what movie I wanted. Cause she was the only character. I'm like, you're interesting. So I wanted a movie yeah. of her. And then like that scene in this movie where she kind of frees the program Morpheus and they kind of become buddies. I want yeah. that movie where the first half of the movie is her escaping the matrix and her journeys in the real world. And then her going in like searching for Neo. That's that part of it's fine. And then I want her to find this new Morpheus halfway through that movie and they become buddies and they kind of like deal with some shit and they kind of, you know, figure mm-hmm. out dealing with some exiles and all this other stuff. Like that's the movie I want. Yeah, they were the two best things about it, to be honest. So, yeah. The only other thing I could think of that could be an interesting movie is the rebuilding of society with the Centennials or whatever the fuck they were called and the the fall of the machine empire and stuff like that. I wouldn't be opposed to that movie either. Yes, the machine. Okay, that's the, fair. The then. Civil War. Yeah, yeah, that's the fair. Civil War, where you had machines that actually turned to the side of humans. Where the hell is that movie? Oh, I want a ten-part miniseries of that shit. Where is that? Let's just no talk movie. about the ways this could have been better. This, oh, yeah. this is a better spoilers. No, and, and like, the, I mean, wasn't that when she was describing that? When she was expositing that? Oh yeah, there was this big. What happened was there was this big civil war, and Neo died, and then there were all you know. After you died, there was this big civil war, and yeah. then now we have machines that are now like on the side of humans and we're actually interacting and living together. What? And that being the fall of get that movie and that being the fall of Zion, that Zion couldn't adapt to machines wanting to work with him. How the fuck is that not interesting? I no, I, I completely agree. Justin, that's the only other thing from this movie that's worth a damn. And like I said, I want a 10 part miniseries on that because I want them to go deep into that. Yeah. Break that shit down. And the, yeah. And then you would have had characters like you would have had Jessica Henwick's character, Bugs and Jada's character and people like that. You know, you could have had some of these people in. Well, they said that there was a period of 60 years. So maybe Jessica wouldn't have been there. My bad. But still. Hey, she like, could have been in episode 10. Yeah. They could have been, yeah, you could have, they could have been in the latest one. You're right. They could have been in the latest one and you could have introduced them there as this was ending. And then that could have led into this, but like that, why don't we get that movie? There are machines and humans living together. How is that not a more compelling story with all of this? How is that not new and fresh and an interesting idea? Like even Neo is looking like, why are these machines just flying around just all like, why are y'all just getting along with these machines? Even he was amazed at that. And that got three or four, that got four or five sentences. Oh yeah. Meanwhile, we're showing all of this footage from the first movie. I mean, when you have (laughs) that idea in this, but then on top of that, the idea that AI, because the machines themselves had developed artificial intelligence, so then that means they developed artificial emotions also, or would you even call them artificial emotions at that point? Couldn't they just be called emotions? 
to where they could have a civil war with machines siding with humans and then not. And then, like I was saying, you do three, three or four episodes on the machine civil war. Then you go into three or four episodes about those machines wanting to help humans, but Zion not accepting it. And then you get into a weird kind of class civil rights issue type of thing with that aspect of it, which is also kind of what led to the matrix originally, because humans look down upon artificial intelligence as not being life anymore or not being life. And then the machines rebelled and that's what caused all the shit that led to the matrix. And you have a new version of that happening in the future post that issue. And after peace with the machines and then now living in a coexistent society and all this other stuff. No, hella interesting concept. And like you said, five sentences. Yeah. And you could have had this character that the, that first character or a set of characters that makes contacts with these machines or befriends these machines and everything like that. And you, you know, you've got these two opposing sides, but there's now this civil war and you've got these machines kind of crossing over and the whole drama of, can we trust them? Can we not like there could have been some really cool stuff with that man. Then you could have done some really cool, amazing stuff with that man. And 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 you know what that is? We didn't have it. That's live action human and robot version of how to train your dragon. I, I was totally thinking that, dude. As I said it, I was thinking of that movie. Yes. Like how to train your dragon. You could have had a, 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 a matrix version of that. How to train your machine, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, that's an insanely deep topic. It's just for me also like. Bugs is the only character in this movie that's new that I gave a flying fuck about. And I just wanted to see that. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about anything else. Give me more bugs. She kind of acted circles around like literally everybody in that movie. Well, it's her character's the only one that was fucking interesting. Like, but even going back to what you were talking about, Justin, if we like you did a TV series about the rise and fall, like the machines and Civil war and all this other shit. Then you actually have a reason to justify Jada Pickett Smith being in this because this movie wasn't it. I gave yeah. I gave zero fucks about that character. Yeah, but but <laughs> the the machine piece and the rise and fall of the machines and Zion and all this other stuff, she could have been an integral part of that shit. Integral. Yeah, and just nothing. It's yeah, like even that Emma. flashback scene they did technically about her when she's like in the war with the machines, like that stuff like that could be in the series if they did well, one, you know. It, well, part of that was a flashback to the third movie. They, they couldn't paste part of that from the third movie. But then there was that other scene where they showed her walking up and they were watching the machine civil war. How cool would it be to get one episode like or two episodes or whatever from the human perspective of watching the machines right. fight each other. Yeah. And then and a that's, perspective that's the from the machine. But yeah. But then also two more episodes from the machine perspective of it. Man. Infinitely better than this movie. Like, I, sign me up for that shit. I don't want to see it. Like, they, they set this up for sequels. I don't want to see any fucking sequels to this fucking movie. I don't want to see a fucking fifth or sixth fucking movie based off this one. 
But I want to see. I want to see that other shit. Yeah. Like a Matrix universe. Yeah. Or like I said, you do a Bugs movie like that, and that's your first movie of the franchise, and then you can have her finding the stuff to find Neo in the second movie, and they find Neo in the second movie, and then at the end of that, you find Trinity, and then the third movie be about Bugs and the new people and Neo and Trinity going up against the analyst. Bam, that's your trilogy if you want to do that. Not this bullshit. Ugh, because that's fucking it's it's nothing like it's funny like I was saying in my score the only scene that I remotely just genuinely enjoyed when it really comes to the old Matrix stuff was when Trinity and Neo showed up and were like talking shit to the analyst and the one scene that I kind of chuckled at is when she slit his throat and then Neo goes well he did deserve that I'm not, I did kind of chuckle at that. I thought, I don't know why. I just thought that that was kind of funny <laughs> that he was like, yeah, you're justified in cutting this program's throat after they had already murdered 9,000 programs. <laughs> they had to justify this one. It, it would just, it made me chuckle. I don't know why. I think it's just because he was standing there holding a cat. It's just Keanu Reeves standing there holding a cat going, yep, he deserved it. It, it, it got me. I don't know why. <laughs> But outside of that, the only fucking thing I enjoyed was bugs. Like, I didn't completely hate the Morpheus Neo dojo fight in this one until it ends with a force punch. And then it's just over. Like, oh, my God, there were so many force punches in this. Why did Neo's powers just become Wonder Woman slamming her fucking gauntlets together? I know. <laughs> Boom. I fly. Knocking people back constantly. I mean, this man can move at unholy matrix speeds and he instead just bubbles everybody. Just constant bubbles. And then that's what made this chase scene in this movie when they're on the motorcycles escaping everything so fucking boring because he just bubbled everything. He was just bubbling people in cars left and right. Like, and then they get to the roof and he just bubbles some bullets and then bubbles a helicopter. (laughs) Like, I'm like, what, what is this shit? Like, I, I like the fact that Neo isn't completely superhuman in this version of the matrix. I like that because you have to reset his power scale after the other movies. I get that. But you he he becomes so useless. And I get that they're kind of getting away from the fact that he's the only one and Trinity is also a one. But like how much more interesting would it have been if they were like if Neo's like, "Well, I'm not really the one anymore." And then you could have a Bugs being the one. I'd be like, no, Bugs is the actual one now. Like, my oneness led to her becoming the new one. And that's interesting. But not what this movie did. Like, and then what were those fucking scenes? Like, when it's like very early on in the movie and he's all sitting there and it's what Jonathan Groff being the new Agent Smith and he's all... 
Mr. Anderson. And then it goes to Agent Smith going, Mr. Anderson. It really is just like I was talking about on the the Spider-Man episode. But instead of the crowd literally saying the line right afterwards, the movie did it itself. And that's weird. Because I get mad at when people do that. But the movie did it. The movie (laughs) referenced its own lines. Like, I mean, one of the only other concepts in this movie that I kind of think is interesting that it doesn't need its own movie on, but they just could have done more with it is the idea of what the analyst was doing versus the architect. You know, that the analyst was like, no, you don't want authenticity. You want this. And that's a kind of interesting concept. But I think it would have been better if at least like the original Matrix trilogy, how they didn't give away the idea of the architect right away. If they had lit that build a little bit, you could have had Neil Patrick Harris in this movie be the therapist and all this other stuff. And you could, you know, obviously have the illusions that he is up to no good. You know, like when... Agent Smith almost kills Neo at the game studio and the, the analyst kind of pulls him to him instead. He's like, no, you were delusional. You could have still kept all that. But then kind of get away from him just becoming the ultimate bad guy right away type of situation. Like, I think that that was kind of a waste with that idea because you essentially have Matrix God And he's useless at the end of this movie. He's just useless. (laughs) Like, okay, that's great, I guess. I mean, I don't like what they did with the whole Agent Smith concept in this movie, that he's like the constant foil to to, to Neo. Because like, why did they have it be that like in the original Matrix trilogy, that the idea that Neo being the one is a a cyclical thing where they constantly have to reset the matrix with the the idea of the one to kind of keep everything in harmony. Because if you keep it like that for too long, people ultimately rebel against it. So you have to give them the, 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 the fake notion that they can rebel. They can do all that. But then the idea of agent Smith being a breakaway program is new to this one instead so I get that that's kind of meant to make Neo be like, oh, I'm more the one than the other ones because I caused Agent Smith. But like in this that like Agent Smith is fine until Neo realizes he's in the Matrix and then Agent Smith breaks free, you know, and then just randomly shows up and helps for what that makes no sense to me because earlier in the movie when he's like, hey, I don't want to be under the control of the analyst. And Neo's like, yeah, neither do I. And I want to get Trinity free of that. Why wouldn't they have just teamed up then? If that would have helped his goal. Like, that makes no sense when he's like, nope, but I can't let you do that. Dude, if Neo goes and beats the fuck out of the analyst, guess what? You're never going to end up under his control. Like, their goals were completely aligned. The whole movie. And Agent Smith was acting like they weren't for two thirds of it. It was. I was like, that's weird. And then, why the fuck did they bring back the Merovingian in this movie? 
in the most goddamn useless way ever. He's just fucking yelling in French. Yeah. <laughs> he's just yelling just weird French shit constantly. And like, but then trying to be like, oh, you just want reboots and cockpussery. And you're like, wait, what? What are you saying? He's just saying words with a French accent and screaming them the whole time. And it made no sense. Just none whatsoever. And I'm just. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Merovinian anyway. From the original trilogy. And this, just like most things in this movie, made something I didn't like just even worse. Because they just did worse things. I'm just like, what choices are they making? And I, I watched the whole movie and I still don't know. But then, like, to me, the weirdest thing about this movie is at the end of the movie, when the analyst is like, what are you guys going to do? I know exactly what you're going to do. You're going to go remake this world and all this other shit like you want it. And you know what? It won't matter in the end. And they're like, hi, you don't even know this. You know why? Because we're going to go remake this world. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> that was weird. That's what you just said. <laughs> and then Neil Patrick Harris was like, oh, no, they're going to break the plan. I'm like, no, they just literally said their plan was what you said their plan was. I'm confused. Like, I just I did not understand those lines of dialogue of this is your plan. No, it's not. And then they just said the same plan back. I was like, oh, okay. I could have sworn those were the exact same words he just used. But I don't know. Maybe I'm in the Matrix or whatevs. I just I don't know. Like, what what are they going to do if they do make another trilogy based off this? What if they do another two movies? They're literally just going to make the other two movies again. Because they literally just set themselves up to make those movies. They just, yep. they literally set themselves up to make the exact same trilogy just with some different people. Like, that's it. I'm just so confused by what the fuck is going on and what the thought processes were. I mean, if this was your way to get back at Warner Brothers for them saying they'll make a Matrix without you. I kind of wish they had. You sure showed them. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't you kind of wish they just, Warner Brothers said, fuck it, we're making the Matrix and just got all new people for everything? Like, yeah. Yeah, I want to see that now. Like, that's the bad thing about it is you introduced a concept that was kind of Warner Brothers' plan. And I'm like, no, that kind of sounds better. Because, I don't know, maybe they would have made a different movie. <laughs> I just, I don't, I, I don't know what anybody was thinking with this movie. And I don't necessarily blame any of the actors, because for the most part, everybody did their job. Except the people that kind of mattered the most. Like the producers, and the director, and the writers. Or anybody else. <laughs> like... I just, 
I don't know what they really wanted. Like, what did they think they were achieving? That's what I guess I want to know. I want to know what did they think they were doing? Because I don't think they made that movie. As much as they think they did, they didn't make that movie. Um, I don't know. One of you guys go. Go ahead, Jason. Sure. No, I mean, you made a lot of points, but like, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, to me, that entire third act was pretty much, I mean, all it was, was just pretty much the events of what happened in the first one. I mean, down to the whole thing about, you know, because, and, and especially just coming fresh off of watching the first movie, it was just so abundantly apparent what they were doing. And then the whole thing of, you know, him and Trinity reaching out for each other. And then they tried to make the movie have this heart and it'd be about their love and their love sort of the, the, the one the thing that is the one about both of them is the love that they have for each other and that how that power, the power of that sort of is what fueled them in the first movie because the kiss and everything like that. And that's what sort of allowed him to see the code. He had the code moment and everything like that. And it just felt so epic in the first movie. How come in this, like, they, I mean, if you're going to copy the first movie, why didn't you at least try to copy some of the cool parts? Like, how come they didn't see the code? How come, like, that did that big when when you got these group when you got the groups of all these bots holding them and they're yelling for each other and then they finally get close enough and the love from both of them explodes and now they've got like this ability to get out of there. Like, how come they didn't have a code moment or anything like cool like that or something that they could both like see or do or why didn't Trinity have that moment? We haven't seen her have a moment like that. If you're going to give her flight at the end of it, why didn't she get a cool, I can see the code moment and get to do like some raw shit. I don't know. Like it was just weird that they did that whole love thing. Boom. Everything explodes. And then they get out of there and then the the analyst activates siege mode and all it felt like to me was like zombie apocalypse stuff where you have this gang of mindless people coming after them and falling off from buildings and stuff like that just jumping off just basically suiciding themselves trying to kill them or whatever and it just I mean we've seen all of that before like just done in other zombie movies and stuff like that. So none of that felt fresh. None of that felt new or anything like that. Like it just, I mean, this movie just needed a better idea. Like I just wasn't feeling any of that. I was just sitting there watching it going, okay, well, when is it going to end? And then it just seemed like it lasted for forever. I swear they were just on that bike 
forever dodging bots and him doing force pushes and uh, something blowing up and them getting out of going through the explosion and then getting out like it seemed like that scene just lasted forever with them on that bike uh, towards the end and then ultimately when she flew it was supposed to be this big moment but I just was kind of like oh okay she can do that now Uh, okay cool I guess you know it just I don't know like it it, it just wasn't and then it's like well maybe should they have switched things if this was about her attaining these powers and everything like that maybe should the movie have been from her perspective like so that we could see kind of how she gets this but she spends I mean, she's in the movie in in, in in one instance as Tiffany and everything, but most of the time she's she's in the tank. So, you know, the real world Trinity is in the tank. So it's just kind of this weird dynamic where you, I feel like we didn't spend enough time with her, I guess, to justify her attaining this flight at the end. It just didn't feel like the moment I think they thought it was. I think they thought it was just cool enough to go, oh, look, Trinity's flying now. But I don't know if we had a, a enough of a character journey there to justify that. Like, you know, we see her in this new life as Tiffany and she's got the kids and everything like that. And she, um, and at the end, she it looks like she's going to go with them and just kind of fall to the machine programming. But then she resists that, and you you get that. But what? But but what was the build to that? You know what I mean? It was just scenes of them. They were sitting down. They were having conversations. Um at the at the coffee shop and then that was one scene. And then you know I just don't know if what they had here was a big enough build to her having her moment. And then all yeah. it was was just, you know what I mean? Like it just felt so underwhelming because you didn't really build her to that moment. It was just like, oh, I remember now. I remember you now. Yeah, I love you. Boom. Okay, now I'm flying now. It, it was literally, that's how it felt to me. That's how it felt to me. I don't remember. Oh, I do remember. I'm flying now. You're right. And just to kind of something I thought of when you were talking about that was what if he had said something similar to her that she said to him in the first one when he was about to die? You know, like something like that, even where you feel like, oh, I remember saying this to you. You know what I mean? Or something like that, where you feel like that was the connection that made her remember and decide to go with him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, at least it could have been a little bit more like instead of the whole there's a crowd of people and them reaching, uh, you know, that that was just so lame. Why couldn't she have been on the brink of death? What if she was conflicted making that choice and the analyst just went, okay, screw it. I mean, I'm I'm not going to take that chance. And he does something villainy, shoots her and says, I'll just 
reset it or I'll just get another one or I'll just recreate another Trinity program or whatever the case may be. What if he just goes back on the deal? He sees her maybe starting to conjure her memories. So he does something villainous. She's about to die. Neo does the thing with her. No, you can't die. I love you. Blah, blah, blah. And maybe she rises up in that moment or something like that. I don't know. It just needed something bigger than what we got. You know, I don't know if that's the perfect idea, but I totally get what you're saying, Heather. Why didn't she have a moment, a a brink of death moment where Neo says something? I mean, I don't hate that idea. It just needed to be somewhere. Well, somehow, I think why you can't do that specific version of it is because he already did like the she's dying and he pulled the bullet out from inside her scene from the second movie. But the second movie I feel like has a line in it that they could have fit into that to help her snap out of it type of situation. It's very early on in the second movie when they get to Zion and they're talking about how all these people need Neo because they like, like he helped free them, whatever. And he goes to Trinity and he's like, but I need you. And she's like, I know like kind of like a Han Solo type of thing. It would have been just great if like while they were getting pulled apart, if he just said, Trinity, I need you. And that's what snaps her out of it. Because that was a great line showing their relationship in the first movie. And it could have been something like that that could have snapped her out of it or something like a callback to the first movies. Instead of, you know, a scene, but knowing them, if they had done that, they would have shown that scene right afterwards. Um but something like that to have that that moment to snap them out. Like that would have been better, like you said, instead of her, yeah. them just stretching their arms towards each other. Yeah. And, you know, something like anything like that, like just something. I do think it's funny, Justin, because you're kind of right on that, though, that like they get together and then they are just on that bike for so long and they're just making turns and driving down the street and just I'm like, where are they going? Like, it just is so weird how much driving they did. They should have driven at least five states away with the amount of driving they did. And yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of unintentionally laughed at the fact that the like, as I don't think they meant for it to be funny. But I just kind of laughed at the bots just head diving into the cement because I was just like, this is dumb. Like, I'm like, what are they doing? (laughs) It's so inefficient. (laughs) They're just face planting into the ground. I'm like, that's not going to stop anybody. It's it was just like it was so dumb that I laughed because and I don't think they meant for you to laugh. Because I'm like, when they that first one did it, I was like, wait, did that thing just face plant into a car and blow it up? And then they just start face planting into the ground. And then, like, there was that one scene where the guy gets out of bed and the woman freaks out because she's like, oh, no, he just bought it or whatever and jumped out the window. And I laughed because I was like, that's just dumb. It's just all kinds of dumb. And then they were just penciling. They were just going straight up and down into the ground and then they would splatter into numbers because that was a weird thing in this movie that if one of the computer programs got cut you saw matrix code 
Like you saw it even more <laughs> with the analyst later, but like, I don't know if you guys yeah. noticed it whenever they were smashing into the ground and their bodies would crumple, you would see yeah. matrix code inside them. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've just ever seen. Just ever. Yeah. Just... Oh God. Yeah. That was so and, dumb. And, and they thought it was so tight, but I was just sitting there going, what is what is this? What is happening? This is just such an underwhelming final battle. It just it was just very, very underwhelming. And, and and like we were talking about with all the meta stuff, you know, it starts intriguing with all of that stuff and them talking about the sequel and this, that, and the other, and all of this stuff and you know, whatever. But they just didn't have any kind of idea beyond that. You know, it, it didn't seem like there was any kind of idea beyond that or to or to tie it all together or something like that. You know, I mean, could could Neo have been on a a quest to not reboot it somehow like we need to finalize it or something? I don't know. Like it needed some sort of way to tie in the meta of, oh, these constant reboots and we're forced to do this and different things like that. I wish that there was a way to have sort of tied that into his quest and then at the same time say something about like the state of movies or reboots or something like that. Like you felt like there was an idea or there was a way to tie all this together. And they just seemed so unconcerned about that. They set those things up and those concepts just kind of go nowhere. Like, well, I don't know. One concept they introduced in this movie that makes no sense to me is the fact that the machines spend money on the matrix because the analyst was like, it was so expensive to resurrect you guys. How, with what? Do they have money? Did they have to pay to resurrect them? What What was that the, that line? Were they? Was, yeah. Was that was to me? I guess it's supposed to be a meta moment about how much money it cost to make the new Matrix movie. But then once again. It's so meta and up its own ass that it doesn't get out of its own way. And then it throws in lines of dialogue that are meta that are just dumb when you actually look at them in the universe. Like they're talking about resurrecting the franchise and how that was a lot of money because they did spend a lot of money on this movie. But it's a guy talking about robots resurrecting people with that line. That makes no sense. And then he's making yeah. dumb jokes about it. it's like like renovating a house. What the fuck kind of like allegory is that in this universe? Like, what does that mean? Oh, man. Yeah, they they just found no way. And it's almost like especially with that video game concept, like that kind of also made me think of free guy. And I was like, free guy did what this just failed to do. Like, <laughs> like 
in a lot of ways, even with that, like that video game aspect and trying to be this allegory and linking it up and stuff like that. And I don't know, maybe if they had gone more with the whole idea of not saying that everything is a video game, but just this idea of like DLC content or I'm resurrecting you, but I'm going to make you better. There's going to be y'all are going to have I don't know. I just feel like there's something else that we could have done, you know, to tie all of this together. There could have been something, some aspect of this that Neo was trying to fight against. But it just doesn't feel like there are any stakes really in this. Like, like, well, but then on top of that, it makes no sense with the logic of resurrecting them because they were like, you two by being close to each other, but not with each other is such so much pain and disappointment or whatever that you make just that much more energy than everybody else. But then like, why would they resurrect them to begin with? They would, they would have found that out after resurrecting them, not beforehand. It just makes no sense to go, man, the guy that caused this civil war by freeing his people and freeing some of the machines from their, their own concepts and ideas Man, we sure as fuck need to make sure that guy's still around just in case he might be able to produce more battery power. Okay. Yeah. And then at the same time, you're killing people by activating the siege mode and just having people jump out of buildings and stuff like that. I thought these people were the power supply. those, Those weren't people. Those were just software constructs because that's one thing they did say in this movie is that not everybody in the matrix is anymore is just people that there's off just there's also just people that are software and so uh, well, at least i might have missed that at least that's my understanding you could absolutely also be right justin that they could have just been killing their power source too but <laughs> it would that makes just as much sense as most things in this movie but I think that that's what they were saying is those were just software. And that's why like the one guy oh, jumps okay. out the window and the wife freaks out because that wife would have been a human battery or a copperhead as they call them in this or uh, copper top or whatever they call Okay. Them. And that's at least that's my understanding. But once again, this movie's not clear on shit. You could also be just as right. Or we can both be wrong and it, that's also a possibility because they did not care enough to make any of that clear. Yeah. Oh God. And then the, the ended credit scene. What was that? Oh yeah. We need to make a new Catrix. What the fuck? Like once again, that was them <laughs> trying to be meta and being like, yeah, cat videos are where the internet's at. And don't get me wrong. About 90% of videos I watch on TikTok are TikToks of cats. I get it. Cats are fascinating as fuck to watch in video form. I also have four cats. But like, that's one of those things. Once again, they were trying to be meta. But the problem is, is they're trying to be funny meta. They're not funny. This movie's just not funny. So being yeah. funny meta doesn't work ever. And it doesn't and it doesn't work for the Matrix like 
okay, you're trying to copy Matrix One. What about that was meta funny like this? What about that was like the the original Matrix is kind of it starts and it's kind of a mystery. You don't know like what is what and everything like that. And it's kind of this thing of what is real, what isn't, and He's hit with all of this and he's trying to figure out his place. He's trying to understand why do these people think I'm this? And it's all about him kind of discovering his identity. But it wasn't really about, yes, there are meta things in it, but it was way more subtle than that in how it it was this sort of allegory for control and illusions and what you are you know, like what kind of how we get kind of caught up in a societal routine and different things like that. So some of that is there in a meta sort of way, but it was never so like on the nose comedic meta. That's not even what the movie was. That was never the tone of the movie. And I don't know, maybe they thought, well, we'll go into this will be a way of going in a different direction, but are giving it a different feel. And for certain points of the movie, it does. But I think if you're going to do that, then you've got to fully commit to that thing. Then if you're going to do that, you have to fully commit, which is a huge risk because then you're like, this is going to look and feel and be completely different from any of the other matrixes. But that maybe that would have helped if the whole movie was just hella meta, self-aware and took and was more of a comedic movie. Could that have worked? I don't know. Let's try something different then. The first Matrix movie has some funny moments, but they're really cool, funny moments. Like the yeah. first time you're watching the Matrix and Keanu Reeves goes, I know Kung Fu. It's kind of funny, but it's 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 cool, funny or that scene where they go into that lobby of the bank or the building or whatever. And they go through the metal detector and he goes to wand him and Neo opens up his jacket full of guns. And the, the guy goes, oh, shit. Like, that's kind of funny, but it's funny in a cool kind of way. This movie situational humor. Yeah. Yeah. This movie had too many jokes that weren't cool or funny. Like, yeah, there was one joke that was almost there. But because of how meta this movie is, it the joke fails horribly, which is well, also most of the jokes in this fail horribly. But the one scene that I genuinely thought. Outside of the one, like I said, I did chuckle at because, you know, it was just funny watching Keanu Reeves pet a cat while saying it. Um, Was there's that scene when they're like, oh, can you still fly? And he goes down and then he ends up just doing this sad little jump. Yeah. If this movie wasn't up its own ass, that joke would have (laughs) landed. But it's just that scene doesn't feel funny because it just feels like the head's moving up its own ass more. Like, that's what that joke is. And then, like I said, I'm laughing at scenes. I don't think they meant to be funny. Because I was like, that's just dumb. And they're just falling. And then, like, I don't know. Um, Heather, what are some of your thoughts? I mean, I think... 
And I don't remember what movie it was recently that we talked about it with, but it it's the same thing with it doesn't feel like they took any risks with this one. Um, and I guess it's sort of what Jason said when he said there's no stakes. Yeah, they just there's not really many risks that they take with this movie that we have not seen in these other movies or different movies. So I think that's a big problem that it has. And I will say, I mean, I I mean, I don't disagree with any of what you guys are saying. I will say I slightly disagree with something Sterling had said earlier regarding like the like the kind of newer characters and stuff that they bring in. I don't disagree that they it's not like they, you know, necessarily add anything to to the movie. But I think because the new faces and the new ish characters were kind of the only thing that they did make new about the movie. I think for me, I enjoyed that part more. Um, I thought it was kind of fun, like kind of like what I said, like Jonathan Groff, I think is a great actor. And I think that he did a good younger or newer version or whatever of agent Smith. Um, Granted, I mean, Hugo Weaving is phenomenal. So, yeah, that's like, (laughs) you know, it's just one of those where if you can't get him, (laughs) you got to go with the next best thing, I guess. But with what they were doing with this movie, I guess I understood why they did kind of just like a different version of him. But no, it wasn't necessary. It didn't necessarily add anything. But I think I just enjoyed seeing him do that version of Agent Smith. I like seeing him as this like villain. I like seeing his portrayal of it because I think he played a good version of him, um, in my opinion. And I also think the same thing with um, what is it? Uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen. He is a great Morpheus. <laughs> like he legitimately could have been Morpheus when Morpheus was younger. Like, I think he did a great job being Morpheus again. You know, it doesn't necessarily add to it. There's nothing that made it like this is outstanding that you did this. But I will say he was one of the better parts of the movie, as was Bugs that we all talked about. Bugs was the best thing about the movie. She was the best acting performance, the best character. She was the standout for sure in this movie. Um You know, so I just like seeing those characters and Neil Patrick Harris as this, you know, mastermind analyst, whatever he is. It was just kind of fun to also see him as kind of a bad guy. Um, So, yeah, I I just not necessarily that they were like, oh, my gosh, I loved everything they did. But it was different. It was the only different thing, really, that they did in the film. And so it stood out more to me. So that's the only thing I'll say about that. But. Yeah, I mean, there's not really much to add beyond what you guys have talked about. Like, I did think it was a little bit clever that, you know, Zion is gone. And so now this new place is called IO, you know, like just kind of the middle letters of Zion. Like, I thought that was kind of, you know, an interesting thing to put in it, you know, just like, I don't know if I'm trying to find some good things about it, you know, but yeah, it's it's just one of those where you you get bored with it because you've seen it right like you you know what's going to happen you know how this is going to go and you're not you're not really surprised by anything that happens and um i also like as much as i do 
you know, I like the characters of Trinity and Neo. I never really thought they specifically had amazing chemistry together. Like, it's not like terrible, but it's not anything amazing. So kind of what you were saying, Justin, about like, what was that moment for her where she clicked on to say, no, I need to be with Neo, especially in this last movie when the only interactions they had were at that coffee shop or, you know, I have these dreams, but I think they might not be dreams. Maybe they're real. You know, like just those kind of conversations is all they had. And suddenly she just is completely it's a 180 in the nick of time out of nowhere. So that did also bother me. So I I feel like it's a very convoluted story that they're trying to do with it. Like they're just trying to do too much and it falls apart because they don't either they either don't fully explain something or they don't explain it in a good enough way to make you feel like it's warranted that they did it. Um, that's really the biggest problem with this movie. I also kind of miss the sleek leather, you know, black costumes that they did. Like they didn't really do that in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So I was kind of bummed out about that. Like Keanu Reeves just looked like Keanu Reeves would be like hanging out on a Saturday. Like, you know, um, Oh, he just wore I his did, clothes to set. Whatever right, he would have said like, today was guys. his costume as Neo. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I'm here, guys. What am I doing? You I know, take that and again, back. like everybody's costumes in this movie was whatever the fuck they were to set. Exactly, exactly, and yeah. So I kind of missed that, like the costumes and stuff like that. Like it wasn't quite the same. Like that was the the part of what made the Matrix cool. It's like this futuristic fashion, and they're sleek and cool and like badass and all these things. And in this, you're just like we're old and we're tired and we're just confused about the world and what we need to do in it. And that's it. (laughs) And like, they're just normal people. Yeah. They basically said, whatever you wear every day, just wear that. And we're going to (laughs) shoot like, except for Jada Pinkett Smith. Like she's the only one who had an actual costume that she had to, because she had to be like 65. They just put makeup on her. Those was still her clothes. <laughs> Actually, you might be right. They put those are probably her clothes. They put makeup and then did, you know, hair for her. But that was about it. Like, so I kind of missed that because it, it did. It, and I that's part of why it felt like what was the effort you put into this? And maybe they did that on purpose. But I just feel like they were so good about like this futuristic, like cool thing that they had going. And they just dropped the ball on it completely in this last movie. So that was kind of a bummer. Um, you know, it just, it just, again, it feels like it was a movie made because enough people whined and complained and asked for it to happen that they were like, okay, fine, we'll do it. And just didn't really feel like they had a lot of heart behind what they were doing with this movie other than to just say, yeah, we're putting it out. People will watch it because Keanu Reeves, which is true. (laughs) Like, You know what I mean? Especially now, like I was saying, like people love him more now than they did before. So they want to go see that movie, you know, and they want to go see the movie that kind of made him a big deal or bigger deal than he was before. Like one of his most iconic roles. And I just and yeah, I just feel like there was there was zero heart behind this movie being made, you know, other than to just say it's been 20 years look how cool this first movie was <laughs> the end, you know, <laughs> like that's kind of all it seemed like to me. So it's yeah, it, it just didn't, it added nothing 
it didn't really add anything to, you know, that that cool, like it's ahead of its time or it, you know, took any risks or whatever. It didn't do any of that in this movie, unfortunately. So it's it, it was just a letdown in a lot of ways. And the two words that, you know, disappointment and underwhelming. <laughs> it, it's just like you're watching it and you just are like, what? <laughs> why are you doing this? Or why are you not doing this? Or whatever. Like, you're just like, okay, there's just things happening on the screen. And okay, I guess we're going to find out if someone dies or not. <laughs> and that's it. So it just, yeah, it, it was just a lot of things going on that didn't feel like they were worth anything in a sense. So yeah, that's, I mean, you guys really kind of nailed it with a lot of what you said. And I feel like we've pitched at least five different better ideas about what this movie could have been. So yeah, that's, that's my thoughts. Well, see, like for me, the reason why I have an issue with Jonathan Groff in this movie is he's not menacing. Hugo weaving is a menacing motherfucker. Jonathan Groff isn't. So have him being the new agent Smith. Kind of takes the character down a notch. I'm not just Hugo weaving would walk in a room in that movie and you're like, ah, shit. Something's about to go down. Jonathan Groff walks into the, the, like, you know, into the scene in this movie. And I'm like, okay. You're going to help me with my taxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. It's and, you know, Hugo Weaving, to be fair, is also. Probably one of the better, like, actors who plays villains that I've seen. I, he's he's a great actor. He's very good at being a villain. So it's kind of hard to beat him regardless. So any it's going to be a tall order no matter who it is. But I get what you're saying, though. That does make sense. See what they, they should have I mean, done. I would say, oh, well, I was just gonna say they should have had that guy. He's in The Walking Dead. He's the technically the guy that played Red Skull in Infinity War and Endgame. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he does a an amazing Hugo Weaving impression. They should have had him do it because at least he would have sounded like him, hmm. even if they didn't look the same. And I was just going to say, I mean, why couldn't these people have just been their own characters? Like, why couldn't he have been an upgraded or an updated version of the Smith program? It could have been one of those things where, like, Neo is calling him Smith and he's like, don't call me that. Like, what if he was like a program that saw himself as superior? Like, I'm not the same as Smith. I do things better. My my methods are more practical. Like, what if it was this program that was determined or was written to not make the same mistakes of an agent Smith or something like that? 
And you kind of have this kind of cool spin on the Smith character. So even though that's we know that's him, we and that's what the characters recognize him as or or you're just a Smith program. But what if it was kind of this thing where he, he felt like he wasn't or he was an upgraded version of that, had a different name and his methods were different. So he's not so that way. You don't have to be the same as Hugo Weaving. We're not comparing that performance to that as much like some of the characters are. But the movie is kind of making a he's making a conscious effort to separate himself from that or to not be the same thing as that character. You know, maybe you could have made it interesting that way. But calling him Mr. Smith, having him say Mr. Anderson and having him do all of those things, uh, it just, you know, we're going to compare him to Hugo Weaving regardless. But why not at least do it in a more interesting way? You know what I mean? Uh, And then like the Morbius character or whatever. I mean, in this, well, we already exposited that the other Morpheus, the Lawrence Fishburne Morpheus, uh, Morpheus had all of this stuff happen and became the president of this council and, you know, died in that machine big civil war gimmick because he was leaning on Neo and thought Neo was had finished it and, you know, got caught off guard and died or whatever. OK, so. In, there's a point in this movie where you say that character is dead. So do we need another Morpheus then? If you're already of telling me that this that that the Lawrence Fishburne Morpheus I know is dead, do we need another Morpheus then? Couldn't Yaya Abdul Mateen? Couldn't he have been a different character? Or maybe Bugs could have been the the Morpheus of this. Maybe she could have been the one who believed that Neo was out there. She, they almost have that anyway. She escaped the Matrix. She believes Neo is out there. She's trying to find Neo, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. And maybe it was, uh, it could have been a story about this character sort of growing into that Morpheus role. And I would have almost preferred that. I mean, because you killed Lawrence Fishburne anyway. It's canon that he's dead. So do we need another person pretending to be him? Let's just have another character. <laughs> well, it, it worked at the beginning kind of because he was a character that Neo had quote unquote written as being the Morpheus, Morpheus character in the, in the, in the video games and that they had taken his program from the video games to do that. So I kind of understood that aspect of it and why it works on that degree. But then where it falls apart is like other characters weren't recast in the video game, but then other characters were. And so that just kind of muddies itself. Like I like the idea that there was a computer program that would act like Morpheus for Neo, but did it need to extend beyond that? You know what I mean? Like, I like the dynamic he had with Bugs, and I'm all for keeping that in the movie. But I'm just saying you could have had a Morpheus training program, which is like doing the dojo stuff. That's just a training program they do for people. You know, 
And it would have just had more yeah. special meaning to Neo. And then you could have had Yaya playing a new character instead of just playing Morpheus 1.7. Yeah. Because, like, in the end, he's not Morpheus. So it's very disingenuous yeah. to call him Morpheus. You know? Yeah. Because you can't, because you, because the one, the one that we know died in this canon. So just make him somebody else. Or if you're not wanting to do that, make Morpheus a code name. Like whoever's job it is to help people wean themselves out of the real world or out of the matrix into the real world as an honor to Morpheus just calls themselves like they are the, the Morpheus for that person kind of like meaning a mentor or something like that. Like make it something uh, like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, because that's what Morpheus did to Neo and that's what saved humanity. So in honor of him, since he died, they just like, whoever is the, like the, I don't know the, the mentor or the travel agent or whatever the fuck you want to call it. They just go by a code name Morpheus and that's their role in the rebellion is to help people adjust from leaving the matrix into the real world. Like Morpheus did for Neo. That's at least like that kind of is a win-win situation because then it's like an homage, but acknowledging why he's a different character. Like yeah. Agent M in the Bond movie exactly. or something. Like it's just yeah. like your Q or your M in, in Bond or just in anything where they do something like that. You know, it's just, it's a code name and it's in honor of this, you know, like that, that, that would actually been better because then you're paying homage to the character whilst acknowledging why he's different. And then outside of that aspect, like once they're done with that part of the transition, he's like, no, you don't have to call me Morpheus anymore. You know, I'm just Steve or whatever, you know, something like that instead. You know, he's just like, yeah, I was your Morpheus. And they could call it that. Like, I was your Morpheus. Like, it's a job, a title. Yeah. And if they had done like bugs as the new one, you know, it's like you're you're Neo now or something, you know? Yeah. But I mean, but like, yeah, they could have done something like that. Like, but yeah, like, like I said, do you make it a title? Like, oh, yeah, no, I was your Morpheus. Now I'm not. Or like, you know, like, welcome, Neo. I'm your Morpheus. He was my Morpheus. Like, be all confused. He's like, yeah, I'm here to make, you know, retransition you again and stuff like that. It just wouldn't have made more sense. You know, and you could have seen somebody else transition or something because I think they also should have done that to kind of show out the new operation roles. And then Bugs could have been the one to do it. And she's like, yeah, I'm your Morpheus. And then Neo kind of understands what they mean by that at that point. It's not a name. It's a title. It's yeah. A, you know, that's way better than what they did in this movie. Man. I don't like it even more. <laughs> That reminds me of the, sadly, of the uh, Charlie's Angels reboot where every there were like several Bosleys, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, because Bosley was a rank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, th- that would have even been made more sense. Amorpheus is a rank. 
Like, cause that's still, that pays homage. Not a, Oh, in the computer program, I was Morpheus and agent Smith. Now I'm just a Morpheus. Man. Yeah. Anyway, you guys got any more thoughts about this fucking movie? No. Nope. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com or Facebook, where we're Cinema Slayers podcast, or Twitter and Instagram, where we're Cinema underscore Slayers, or TikTok, where we're Cinema Slayers pod. Uh, shout out to Plug Migo and Mudo Ochoa for our theme song and logos, respectively. Uh, give us a five star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Really help us out. Uh, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends, family, tell your family, friends, and especially tell mothers because you know what mothers love? Keanu Reeves. Because he looks nice. And he's a nice man. You know what they don't like? Rehashing bullshit from 20 years ago. See, it's a very complex movie like that. Uh, and just remember, as always in my TikToks and as I end this podcast, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Uh. Somebody else. Matrix, major bigger, but revolutions uh, made right. you small. Are you ready? That didn't do anything at all. Get it out of my head. Get it out of my head. That was good. It was also dumb. It was good and dumb. But not dumb and good. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever at this point. Just whatever. You know, one thing it was actually I meant to bring up earlier in the episode. This isn't going to be something drags on. You know why I think Keanu Reeves is getting such a big resurgence now? My theory is that like people these days when it comes to actors. They're tired of actors that are like great on screen, but are just gigantic assholes in person in person. And so Mm -hmm. like. People just want to see people they know that are like also good people. And like Keanu Reeves is just one of the best human beings to ever exist. So people want him to have success. You know, they want him to be in movies. Yeah, I'm totally like, I will watch what you do because you're awesome. But I know I'm not necessarily going to like everything you do. (laughs) Yeah, like, but, but there are actors like if you really want to break it down. Mel Gibson is probably a better actor than Keanu Reeves is, but Mel Gibson is a shitbag of a human being. So nobody wants to see him in anything. But mm. Keanu Reeves, just all around amazing human being. So people are like, fuck it. I want you to succeed because you're a good I person. I support you. Yeah. yeah. I really think that that has to do with a lot of it because. I like him yep. I, I in movies. I like Keanu Reeves in movies, especially when he picks roles that are good for him. Does he always do that? No, he does not. But when he picks roles that are good for him, I genuinely like him in movies. But because he's yeah. a good human being, I want him to be getting those opportunities to play those roles that are good for him. You know, 
Uh, I agree. Yeah. Like, I don't think his role in the lake house is good, mainly because that movie's a bad movie, but it kind of showcases what his limitations are. And he can't elevate sometimes a bad script like some other actors can. But, you know, he gets some John Wicks and he gets some what would have been a Matrix. But like or uh, him being in Toy Story 4, I thought was fantastic. Or him being in that movie uh, that Ali Wong, Always Be Your Maybe. Um, yeah. Getting those types of roles just because he's a great person. Like, I really like the fact that people are giving him more opportunities now just because he's great. Unlike, you know, then you have somebody like Arnie Hammer who may or may not want to eat people. (laughs) And now getting limited roles because of that. But no, that's just my theory of like why he's getting because I think people nowadays just want at least in Hollywood good people to succeed because we're tired of hearing these shitty asshole celebrity stories. Yep. You know, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely true when you think about somebody like Dwayne Johnson. Like, yeah. yeah. I've never heard anybody truly say a bad thing about him, really. Like, I know some people in wrestling had some problems with him because that maybe he kind of kept taking some opportunities that maybe other people should have. But that's kind of a story you hear about a lot of people in wrestling sometimes when they reach the high end levels of stuff. But like, even then as many times as you hear a story about like that, you'll hear like five stories about somebody that's like, man, I would have never made it as far in wrestling as I did. If it wasn't for him, just for him helping me out in the back and all kinds of stuff, you know? Yep. Same with John Cena. Yeah. Like you do have people that feel like, he should have put them over, but they didn't. And it might've stifled their career that he went over them at times when he could have taken, like taken the loss. But then there's still a lot of people though. that are like, but still in the back, like in the back in the locker room, he's still just a cool guy though. Yeah. Yep. And, and I think he did follow the rock blueprint where he did come back later in his career and put guys over, you know? I mean, yeah, and I think that Rock helps. later in his career, all he was doing was putting guys over. And then Cena did is did a similar thing. Every time he's returned, he's usually putting a guy over. So I think you gotta at least give him that. Yeah, exactly. You know, because maybe when they're especially when they're in the prime of their WWE career or wrestling career in general, they might not see that they need to put someone else over. But like once they've left and they started doing some other stuff, they start seeing the importance of doing that and adding back to what gave them fame. Because there's a lot of wrestlers that come back that don't do that anyway. Look at you, Hulk Hogan. But yeah, but like for the most part, you would think by now that there would have been at least like one story of The Rock just being an absolute, just unfathomable dickhead at some point in his life. And there really isn't like there are a lot of like nobody really has anything genuinely terrible to say about that man. 
Even with his whole like disagreement thing with Vin Diesel, it was like, yeah, we butted heads. We didn't get along. We probably won't work together. But that's about it. Like, it's not (laughs) there was never like a horrible story about him. It was just like, agree to disagree. We don't get along. But like when the whole story came out about some of that stuff, his side just made way more sense than Vin Diesel's also. So it just sounds more (laughs) genuine because when he's like, man, there's a bunch of assholes on the set that are showing up late unprepared there's a bunch of people here that are relying on us we need to fucking do this and do it right and vin diesel comes out and says i was doing that because i feel like he needed tough love to get the best performance out of him yeah you sound like an asshat like yeah and how would how would he have known that that was how he would take it too like maybe he was like yeah that's cool whatever Like, like the rock sounds like the one being reasonable And like a nice guy that got pushed to a limit, you know, of like, we're here to make a movie. Let's do this. People are relying on us to make this movie. Quit jacking around and take it seriously. Like that is the reasonable position other than Vin Diesel trying to get a better performance out of somebody. Because you know what? Nobody's ever thought Vin Diesel can get a good performance out of anything. (laughs) And I don't have a problem with that man. And I still think I don't he's either, but I garbage, agree. you know, like I'm like, that's and that's the bullshit about it is when it comes down to it. Rock, the rock has the reasonable position in like in a beef, you know. Like, so, yep. And there's a reason for that. People are going to support that. Just like Keanu Reeves, like not that any, he has a beef with anybody, but like. You know, like when it comes out that like. For the second and third Matrix movies, he gave his like all his royalties away. Like he took his base salary, but all the extra money he made off the box office for those movies, he then redistributed to the entire crew of that movie or those two movies. Yep. You're like, fuck, that's a nice guy. Right. Or that he'll just go sit with homeless people and eat sandwiches with them. Mm-hmm. Or he just takes yeah. the subway because he's like why not? I'm not above taking the subway. Especially for a guy who's been through like a lot. Oh yeah. Like a lot he's of tragedy, a lot of been things through hell. He's the nicest. Yeah. I love you, Keanu. I love you. And then on top of that, ditto. Ke- like they do a movie based on a cat being his name. And he's so cool about it. That he shows up and does the voice of the cat for one line. <laughs> That's amazing. Because he's just that cool of a dude. Anyway. Yeah. Bye. And like even like you were talking about that um, always be my maybe movie when he's basically in a sense supposed to be making fun of himself. Like he's playing a ridiculous version of himself. And it's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very overly exaggerated version of himself, but he's still not actually a terrible person. Right. He's just eccentric, but still not mm-hmm. terrible. I love that man. Yeah, his worst offense is that he's eccentric, and that's yeah. fine. He's he's a national fucking treasure. Yes. I want them to make a $17 bill. Just put Keanu on it. <laughs> I agree. Like save like legit dollar amounts for other people, but make a $17 bill and just put him on it. You know, 
I get, I'd spend $17 yep. to get that bill and frame it. Have a little Keanu dollar. <laughs> and then have people going, there'd be seven Keanos. Yes. All right. I'm out. <laughs>